The ESPN San Antonio Audio Vault is powered by AA Best Bail Bonds. 210-225-2121. Or online at mybestbailbonds.com. Uh. Rob Thompson. Rudy J. Uh. R&R in the morning. Uh. Live from Los Angeles. Powered by AA Best Bail Bonds. Uh. Nearside app. Texas Cheer Liquor. And uh. Southern Recipe Small Batch Pork Rind. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning to you. Good morning. Good morning. You made it. It's Friday. R and R in the morning continues our radio road coverage, concluding today, day five of AA Best Bail Bonds big game coverage. Big news yesterday. Boy, we got so much to get into today. Had parties around here. Busy day. Spurs, I don't, I don't know if it was the biggest day in uh, Spurs transactional history, but it certainly set the course for the next ten years. Busiest, by far. As far you as know, the trade deadline, one of the busier ones. It's funny, uh, Rudy and I were sitting. I guess it was day before yesterday, talking about the deadline and looking at where we were. And Rudy, a true statement, turned and said, "Man, they're gonna have to do something, or I'm not gonna talk about them anymore because there was nothing to talk about." Yeah, it was tough. It was getting tough. We were reaching. No, I mean, you talk about it because, I mean, games happen, but it's just like, dude, it's just, it was Groundhog Day. It Well, for a lot of people, it was Groundhog Day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, of course, we're looking at the Hall of Fame. DeMarcus Ward did not get on, get in. No first ballot got in. No, no first ballot. It's t- I mean, MLB and NFL is not easy, and it shouldn't be. So I don't have a problem with that. Uh, man, well, I guess it just depends on the person. And I'd have to go back and I don't know his stats off top. I know his stats as far as cowboy lore are through, you know, off the charts. But as far as, like, you know, the straight hands, the Reggie Whites, the Derek Thomases, the Lawrence Taylors, I'd have to go back and look a little deeper and see if there's really a. Um, I'm not sure he's on that level. Right, that's what I yeah. guess. And I think he's going to get in. Oh, he'll get in. I think he'll get in. But you know the NFL, like, he's in, but he's not first ballot. You know, they, you, they as they stir their tea, you know. And, uh, oh, yeah, and you've got to pay your price. Yeah, NFL, There's a barrier to entry. Yeah, NFL and MLB, it's, just, it's tough. <laughs> they're snooty. They're snooty and they're picky about their first balloters, if that's a word. If the Spurs get back into action tonight. They got the Hawks. Carolina Teague will join us as we prepare for uh, their trip out east. Couple of games, rodeo road trip in play. They'll take a break for the All-Star game, which will work out perfectly. Give them an opportunity to kind of get some days together. A couple of shoot-arounds, a couple of walkthroughs as they spend the month of uh, February, the rest of the month of February on the road. We're going to talk with LeGarrette Blunt. Had a good chance to sit down with him yesterday. Interesting cat. Mel Renfro, Hall of Famer, Dallas Cowboy type, will come and sit down with us. We he's had a good in. <laughs> yeah, he's in. He got that jagged wild back. Uh, we had a good time with him yesterday. Last night, Rudy and I and the rest of the crew, we all headed out to the Mike Ditka, Ron Jaworski yeah. cigar party. Good time. It was a good time uh, out in the middle of L.A. Lots of cigars smoked and lots of money raised for the Gridiron Greats Foundation. Mark Singleton and the Southern Mystery Small Batch Pork Rinds group put on a pretty good party. Good cigars. Did you count? What was the What was the final take? I don't know. I didn't count them. I got quite a few, though. Would, I, it, would you say 10? 
No, probably about 12 to 15. See, they – no, more than that. So, yeah, there were there were a lot of providers, a lot of cigar companies. But one thing they didn't do, and I think this was a tactical move, there was no bag. No, there was no bag. This way you can't go overboard. So let's – a mental note for both of us. Next year, bring our it, own bag. Bring our own bag. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I want to walk in looking like no. That I have like I have no problem with that at all. Oh, okay. Because if we walked in with our own bag, everybody else would have said, "Man, you guys were smart." Yeah. Or we should have wore a jacket like Bove. So, the Christian Bove with USAA wore a like, suit uh, or a sport coat so he could fill his pockets. A, a vet move. But we didn't have one. No, we just had the little ziplocks they give you like when you go to the humidor. Right. So there wasn't enough pocket space to take every cigar that was available. No, not not nearby enough, but talk about being in heaven. You know, you walk in, you hit a left, and it's just like, it's probably 50 feet of tables with free lighters, cutters, cigars, and swag. It was crazy. And it's not like, oh, would you like a cigar? They're handing them to you as fast as they can. Right. And there was a couple tables where they let you go back for seconds, and then there was a couple that were like... Yeah, we've seen you before. Right. <laughs> I got that. I got that treatment at the... At one of the tables, but most of the tables are like, "Here you go, man." I mean, you got bricks on bricks, and you're you're expecting to give them away anyway. What are you gonna do with them? Take yeah, that. What are you gonna do with? Them? You are here for that specific yeah. reason. <laughs> what are you gonna do with all those cigars that you got to take home? And then it's California, so you have other tobacco products available to you, other smokable products available to you, which is a very surreal experience. Yeah, and you know it's it's. It's not weird because when you when you talk to these NFL guys, these former NFL guys, they're all pro weed. Mm-hmm. They're well pro cannabis. I guess that's the right word, the, the the professional, politically correct term. Most of them are pro cannabis because you know you got Turley there, you got Jim McMahon there, few other a few other older players, and they're just you know, and it's Cali, so they're right there, you know, with the joint lit. You know <laughs> it's what I mean? A very strange sight to watch. It's, it's not a. It's you know, in Cali, that's normal. Yeah, but going back to I. For us, it's like, damn, dude, just lit up right there. Such such just lit up right there. <laughs> and then there's two tables right there with they're just handing out. Well, you know that was so. You know, we're going down this buffet line of cigars and tobacco right. products, and we're just stepping in. Like, thank you, sir. May I have another thing? Mm-hmm. Oh, Maduro, I'll take that one. It looks lovely. Put it in your pocket. Move on. All of them. Just move it. And then we got to. They were. It was. We actually interviewed Kyle Turley about this. Right. He had he's invested in a, a cannabis company called Revenant. So that was his table. That was that was his company. That's right. So I didn't even put two. Yeah, together. we walked up and I thought they were handing out cigars. And the guy said, "Do you want one of these?" And I said, "Yeah." He goes, "This is a heater." And I thought, "Well, I don't know tobacco. I don't know cigars. So a heater must be some something specific yeah. about cigar because he handed me one of those hard plastic travel tubes." Oh. And I thought it was going to be a little cigar, right. like one of those little cigarillo kind of things, because it wasn't very big, because it was a cigar line. So I'm standing in this long line, and I'm the first that asked, like, well, he goes, you want to smoke it? And I was like, well, sure. <laughs> I thought, because I hadn't, li- we're like five tables in. We right. literally just got there. Literally. And he was like, all right, we got one. Let's go. And he opened up this child-proof cap and, and rolled out a full-on pre-roll blunt. Like right oh, into it my hand. A joint? It was it, a no, it's a joint. A joint. I thought he would give me something that looked akin to a cigarillo or something that was Same. kind of infused with CBD. I did not know he was going to drop a joint in my hand. Well, when I got to that table, 
and their little case was closed. Everybody else's case was open. Oh, yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Everybody else's case was open. Grab a cigar, grab a cigar. We get to the Revenant table, and their case is closed. I don't even know the dude next to me, and I was like, hey, can we? Because I'm thinking it's a cigar. I'm not, me too. I'm not thinking that there's a weed company there at no, all. I didn't know there would be. So I, I elbowed the guy next to me. I don't know who he is. And I'm like, are we allowed to open? No, matter of fact, it was Shapiro. Uh-oh. I was like, hey, can we open it? He was like, I don't know. Ask him. That's what they're here for. They don't mind. And then... I see one of them light up, and I was like, oh, this isn't the cigar table. No, it was I was not. Like, this, I was like, this ain't the cigar table, and he lit up, and I was like, oh, and then next thing you know, then I turned, I was like, duh. It's ca-. Then it all came crashing down, and you see in former NFL players, and you see everybody else, like, there were some people there that smoked cigars, and there were some that didn't. Right. Because I saw plenty of people that didn't smoke cigars, mm-hmm. and then you had the, so non-smokers. Cigar smokers, and then you had your cannabis smokers. You had your cannabis smokers. <laughs> you had just cannabis smokers, and I was like, oh. And coming from Texas, even though it's been legal for forever in California, it's still weird. To Shocking. See. Yeah, without everybody looking like, oh, my God, look at him. He's smoking. Watch it standing over yeah, the corner. No, yeah, You're not even hiding that. <laughs> so he puts it in my head, and yeah. I'm like, it's 7 o'clock. I'm not going to do this. <laughs> Like, it's really early. I'd like to enjoy myself. I have a, I have a feeling that this is industrial grade. I don't think you brought the, 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 no. uh, the shake. No. I don't think you brought the leftovers to the party. As soon as the people that were handed out lit it up, I was like, oh, oh, I was like, okay, Turley. Well, I didn't even put two and two together that it was Turley. Yeah. Because at that time, Turley's on stage performing, which I didn't even know he was in a band. We talked to him. Yeah. Well, no, yeah, he showed up, uh, I think, in uh, Houston. He brought his guitar and played. On air? Yeah. He was what? rolling around. He was rolling around the. Uh, <laughs> he was rolling around Radio Row with the guitar. Well, he, he wasn't carrying it all the time, cat. and he has people. He's his people oh, carrying his people. it. It's a lot easier to bring a guitar when you got people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he showed up, sat down, and strummed a few bars. Was it Houston? Well, it doesn't matter. But yeah, he's been in a band. I forget the name of it. I have a feeling it's a new band that's been several years ago. I think those kind of bands are rather transient. But he's got a gig, and he performed for all the uh, Hall no, of Famers man, I, again. It's Cali, so it's not even. It's not. It's not like it's a big deal, but it's just no. for us coming from Texas. Like you don't go to parties that are like with a bunch of cops and around. These are these and are yes, and that's and the other thing. There's like armed cops standing all around, and these huge football players just rolling out big. It takes them getting used to when you're from a state that despises. Yes, them. you know what I'm saying. And to go from fear to nonchalance is a very. It's a, it seems like it would be easy, but it's not. And then for me as a cigar smoker. I'm like, where's your cigar, bro? Well, what are you doing? Like, there's a bunch of not even this, not even the. I don't even care about the people that are there smoking cannabis. Like, hey, at least you're smoking something. But like, go get your ten cigars and bring them to me. Like, cause there are plenty of guys and ladies there that did not. Well, Rudy, just, I, I, did not smoke. I'm like, yo, go. And then I see full cigars in in, in glasses of beer, and I just looking around like, y'all are so disrespectful. Well, see, here's the, you know. <laughs> You're you're in the culture. Yes. So and there's some things that I just like. Wow. I don't think as a non-cigar guy, I like cigars. I smoke three at least halves during the evening. I left early though. You guys had a much better time. Yeah, we got to so, talk about that too. Well, I, some of us, one of us had to be coherent today. Now, congratulations, <laughs> you made it. But I didn't know what was going to happen last night. But yeah, we'll get into that. Um, so I smoked the three, and I had a nice packet of cigars. I really did, and I left them in my Uber. 
Rob. I left an entire, that Ziploc bag I thought was in my, it, when I sat down, I was afraid that I was going to crush it because it was in my right, back pocket. I set it in the, and normally, you know, um, I wasn't in the clearest state when I got home, so I, <laughs> <laughs> so I got out, and, and I, it was probably 30 minutes before when I realized, oh, crap, there went the cigars. Yeah, the my night turned for the better when our guy, when our guy Jimmy says, Rudy, come to this bar over here. There's a crown bar. And they're serving this 18-year-aged oh, crown. Liquid butter. And I never left that bar for the rest of the night. That I had, I don't know, probably six, five or six of them. But it's definitely the best crown I've had. I've never had that 18. Like, I've, never I've, I've had the reserve. I've had all the crowns, but I've never had that crown 18. With the cubed ice, the big block of ice, phenomenal, phenomenal smoke. I've even met more, I met more people from Tyler, Texas. Just random people. that We're just sitting at the bar together, and they're like, hey, where are you from? I'm like, oh, I'm from San Antonio. I'm from Tyler. From Tyler? Really? Yeah, I met like, some more people from Tyler. Like ballers or just people? No, 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 just regular random people. At, at, the, at the party last night, yeah. there were folks from, from yeah. Tyler, East Texas? Yes. <laughs> a family. There was the uh, two brothers and a sister. Small and they world. Were doing sign like They were doing sign language. It was crazy, man. Yeah, Great night. You Tyler types find each other, too. Yeah, we do. I guess it's just like uh, we're drawn to each other. But, yeah, Carl, we look up, and we're, we're drinking and stuff, and then our phone goes off, and it's the group text, <laughs> and, it, and it's Rob. And I look to Jason, and Joe looks at me, and we, I, we're all looking at each other, and the phone says, I'm in the Uber. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going home. And we're like, What? And then so we're like, what do you mean? And he's like, one of us has to be coherent. And we look at our phone. Dude, it was nine. You <laughs> seem fine, like, Rudy. No, I am. Despite oh, your story, you seem fine. No, no, no. <laughs> no I'm a professional. I'm a professional. I, know, I, I, I wasn't know. going to come you. out here. No, no, no. I wasn't going to come out here and be the guy like, yo, I just ain't going to make it. But Rob left at nine o'clock. Like, if you would, like, let's say, because the party went to 11. Let's say it was at, let's say at 11, he was like, hey, guys, that's it. But this it was literally well, nine, dude. In we my just, defense, we had just got there seven thirty. Yeah, no, th what I did was stupid because. <laughs> um, like, what are you? Well, doing? we had been there for a couple hours. I'd smoked several cigars. I'd had plenty. I had a lot of booze, maybe some other stuff, and it was see that it was time. It, I sat there standing. I go, I'm gonna go get something to eat. And by the way. The Californians have figured out something that we need to do better in, in Texas. What's that? And that is the bacon wrapped California dog. Uh, uh, yeah. I, we need those. Uh, There's not a lot of places I travel that I think we need to have those back in our city. The bacon wrapped California dog I, needs I got to be one. a part of my life. I got one. Oh, I had four. <laughs> no, you did. I did. Rob, well, we did hadn't had dinner four. and we never ate lunch. We didn't eat lunch. So I got there at seven and had two. And then uh, later on, I, I, at the end of the night, I had two because I was hungry and I wanted to. So I had my, I, I was eating my last sausage dog and I thought, you know, and I looked down at my watch. Uh huh. And and keep in mind, I I, I normally wear an iWatch because I get all my it's my work watch. Get all my stuff, my notifications. If I'm not near my phone, it pops up on my wrist. Mm -hmm. But when I'm going out, I put on my watches. I'm a watch guy. I bring right. some watches to wear. And I pulled out a watch to wear, a black strap watch. You're a watch guy. Yeah. So I pulled out one of my black rubber strapped watch to kind of go with the ensemble. Put it on and left. It was still on Texas time. So I'm I'm. 
three eighteen hundreds in, three eighteens, two eighteens in. Oh, the crowd! I had in. had a couple of man. They had the Reposado tequila. They had an eighteen hundred over on one. You you told me about the fourteen ninety two. I didn't that, ever go try. Oh, had, I, once I got to the eighteen, I never left. So I had a shot and a couple of those. I um, I looked down at my watch and my watch says eleven o'clock. And I had told myself mentally, I don't care what the boys are doing. I got to be home by midnight. Keeping in mind, we get up at two thirty in the morning. I get up at two thirty in the morning here. So at eleven, I'm thinking, I got to be home by midnight. Mm-hmm. I will carry the water if things are going. One of us needs to be capable in the morning. Right. I mean, you never know what what's no. going to happen the night before. So I, I will be the one. I'll take the bullet. I will go home, and if everything falls apart overnight, whatever, I'll be available. Well, it's not only that. I respect that because you know you saw my eyes. When I get to well, the no, party. Was, no, no, no. When yeah. I talk about when I got to that party, like you know what, Rudy might go crazy well, tonight. I wanted you to so, go crazy. That's no, why I, I wanted to duck out. That's why I did the Irish goodbye. I didn't want y'all to go like ah, nah, nah, or, and then you think, well, the boss is going home. We're gonna go. Yeah. I wanted you guys to stay and go do, but I didn't want to be the guy to go. Oh well, boss is going home, so we gotta go. And so nice of you to that. at least say that you're leaving, so they're not looking for you. That's why I texted the moment I stepped into the Uber. I didn't leave the party with them looking for me for an hour. I just didn't want to, as soon as I sat in the Uber, which arrived in record time, because everybody was showing up, so I pressed for the Uber, and it's like, it's here. So I, I oh, ran out to gosh. the car. And so I, I sat in the Uber, and I texted you guys immediately, and then somehow I FaceTimed you. I don't even know how that happened. Yeah, you FaceTimed I didn't want to FaceTime you fools. You guys were, blah, 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 all three of you at the same time, and I just went, click. No, we, up got, on you. we got on the FaceTime, and Jimenez starts singing. Yeah, so I'm, I'm like, like I'm, I'm hanging up. This is what I left. You guys are in a different world. So, yeah, I went home, and I look, and I get home, and I'm home at, like, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm home at 10. Like, I thought for a second, man, I could Uber back. It's only about 15 minutes. And I thought, no, no. Yeah, you're the only person that I know. Like, I know a lot of people that wear watches, but they don't tell the time from their watch. It's just like an accessory. No. It's still, most people still look at their phones. But you, so you looked at your watch. And it was. It's on San Antonio And time, it was 11 o'clock. And, and I like, thought, oh. well. Time to go. I told myself that I'll give myself Uber time. I got to get back and get my clothes ready. Got to answer my emails, my nightly ritual, and I'll be in bed by midnight. Well, I get home and I walk in the door and I see the clock and it's ten o'clock. And I look at my watch and it says no, it's midnight. And I thought, oh, that's a San Antonio watch that hasn't been adjusted. I'm standing at home at, at eleven that o'clock. Point, you just made the business decision. I'm gonna go ahead and lay it. Well, I thought, yeah, yeah. You could have Ubered back, but I could have. It only took about fifteen minutes. I mean. It, I could have Ubered back, but I chose like, I'm go discretion over value. And, you know, the, the the irony of all this was I had planned my week last night was going to be a throwdown. So, but it ended up I got more sleep last night than I have <laughs> since we got here on the night of one of the bigger parties. Yeah. No, it's still a good time. No, it was a it was a fine time. I, uh, uh, but it, I don't know. In how hindsight, you, I'm happy I did what I did. I don't know how you scarfed four of those, though. Dude. I don't know how you did four. They're so good. No, 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 no. They were really, really, really good. But I don't. I did not see you eat four hot dogs. Well, I, I mean, I didn't do it all at once. Yeah. <laughs> Hell, yeah. Four. They, they, the other thing about California that I'm taking away is they're very proud of their chicken and waffles. Yeah. That is a thing here. Like not just a an extravagant brunch that you have every now and everywhere you go. They every, got it. They are very proud to offer you the chicken and waffles. Hey, very quickly, let's get you caught up on all the headlines. It was a busy, busy day yesterday in the NBA. We hoped for a trade deadline 
flurry, and we got just that. Jeez. We're going to look at the Hall of Fame uh, nominees or entrants for the NFL. We got an MVP that might be moving, and Micah Parsons rise that raised that trophy high. Not only are you the fastest man in all of the NFL by the All-Pro competition, you are also the NFL's Defensive Rookie of the Year. So talk about it all. To do that, you've got to stay with us. This is R&R in the morning. You're on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. Here's the 411 in the 210. Headline 2. Brooklyn Nets coach Steve Nash wonders what could have been with the big three after James Harden trade. The team only had 16 games where the three played together, and they went 13-3. and three. Um, well, when, when you re- when you read more into the comment, Carl, it was like, you know, we were up 2-0 on the Bucks, um while James was down. Remember, James Harden had the injury. And then later on, they don't have James. Or when you, later on, you don't have Kyrie. And you still go to seven with the eventual champs, and you don't have Kyrie and Harden. Well, they end up, Harden ended up coming back, but he really was on one leg. He really wasn't much of a, wasn't much of a factor. So I get where he's coming from as far as um, what could have been. But at the same time, if you're the Nets, if you're Sean Marks, you're like, okay, am I really going to risk? Because the rumors out there, it's smoke, there's fire. The rumors have been out there that James was going to opt out. Now, you know, when he got to Philly, he opted in, but he was going to opt out of the Nets, and he was going to end up in Philly. So if you're Marks at that moment, you got to make a business decision and be like, I have to get something for James Harden. I've mortgaged my future for him to get here. I can't have him walk out and not have anything to show for it. Not even a ring. Not even a ring. You know what? what's crazy about this is I I think most of us looked at that and said, this has got a shelf life of about three years max. Tops. I mean, at max, Tops. no matter what, even if they loved each other, yeah. those guys can't stay on the same team. They're alphas. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's just not going to work out long term. But you're capable of subjugating yourself for a while if you're a superstar to get the prize. And if you if you get the prize, then you're going to be gone. And if you don't get the prize, you'll try it twice. And if it still doesn't work, you'll leave it anyway. So you figured it, they were midway through. But I always thought it would end because one of the guys was sick of the other two. That the, the explosive personalities of and Harden, I think it's a bad rap. It's if you we think he's a player like his game, a person that's like his game. And Harden pushes the rule envelope with the sideways move and all the things that he is kind of modifying what NBA looks like in his right. in his metrics and all the way that he plays the game. But as a guy, he's not a bad guy and he's not a locker room cancer. I don't I don't think he is. Only time he was was when he wanted to get the hell out of Houston. And it turned out that his GM loves him. His GM went and got him back. So that tells you exactly what you to think about him. So it was either going to be Kyrie and being Kyrie or Kevin Durant being Kevin Durant that was going to blow it up and it wasn't that at all. Yeah, it was just like, hey. It just, we don't, you know, all two years in, we played 16 games together, and it doesn't look like it's going to get itself fixed anytime soon because COVID is still going to keep Kyrie on the sidelines for the foreseeable future. So now, what's the point? Right. And let's add a Simmons and see what else, what can happen. I think it's going to work out pretty well for for Brooklyn. They got Seth Curry and Andrew Drummond, but I don't know, man. I don't know. We'll see. I like Seth Curry a lot. I do. He's he's underappreciated. And maybe... I can see how Steve Nash goes, oh, what could have been? Oh, what could have been? Moving on. (laughs) 
headline one. Dallas Mavericks star Luka Doncic scores career-high 51 points and wishes Kristaps Porzingis well after the win. Hours after the Mavericks traded their only other player on a maximum contract, Luka Doncic sizzled as Dallas's lone star scored a career-high 51 points in a 112-105 win over the L.A. Clippers on Thursday. Doncic switched a 26-foot step-back three on the Mavericks' first possession to open up the floodgates. He finished the first quarter with 28 points, the most by any player in a quarter this season, on 10 of 13 shooting, including 7 of 10 from three-point range. Rudy and I have a disagreement about the how good oh, is Chris Stops Porzingis. Oh, we did. Well, you said he sucks. I, I, I thought okay. that was a bit harsh. I, I am. Well, let's think about the progression of this cat's career. Okay. He shows up in New York, the, the unicorn, and does spectacularly. And slowly deteriorates. Injuries, relationships, whatever it was. Whatever. Gets case. a max deal. Gets the biggest he can get. And as soon as the Knicks can excise him, they do. He gets to Dallas to be paired with what would be looks to be the perfect matchup. And it wasn't. Uh, injuries still play a role. Porzingis is a 7-4, three-point bailout shooter who won't rebound, who can kind of defend at the rim, who's always hurt. So now, what did he get traded for? A bag of beans and Dinwiddie? Dinwiddie and Bertans. And Bertans. Bag of beans and Dinwiddie. Bertans is sliding down the scale, too. Porzingis is what he is. He's no longer the unicorn. He is a third option on a decent team. That So if you want to quantify that as sucks, which I probably shouldn't, I think he is overrated, always has been overrated, and we know exactly what he is now. He is worth a Spencer Dinwiddie and a Davis Bertans. Well, the Spurs wanted him. And I think the best thing that could have happened is they didn't. They didn't get it. Yeah. Because the moment that Doncic is free, and even though Porzingis wasn't the issue, he goes against 50. I just think that he didn't like Porzingis. I think he thought he was soft. I think he did. He was not going to do anything other than run up to the corner right. and wait for a three. I, well, I'm just wondering when we're going to start treating, um, and I guess, it will, guess we'll wait a, another year or so when we're going to give Luka the – well, yeah, he scores a lot, but what does he mean? Uh, hey, we're Luka, there. Luca don't make nobody better. Uh, I like, think we're there. He's not, and, as, and as Jason Kidd, when Jason Kidd first got there and he watched the tape, he said, dude, Luca don't pass the ball to anybody. There's, and if I was Przingis, I wouldn't want to play with him either. There's a take. Go to YouTube and and put in Przingis standing around. There's 30 jump shots where Lucas takes a jumper far, fading away from 30 feet while Przingis is wide open. I ain't playing defense for his ass either. <laughs> I'm standing there wide open and you shooting fadeaway, fadeaway 30-footers with two people on you. You want me to get back on defense? You get back. <laughs> but, but the thing you are right about, Rob, is he's not the unicorn anymore. No. It, I agree with you on It's that. unfortunate. It's probably injuries. He's, he's, I don't, he's a role player now, and, and, so that's fair. But... He's just—he should have gotten on. This should have worked. Yeah, of all the things that should have worked, this him. one should have yeah, worked. When they got him, I was like, "Ooh, yes, it looked frightening." Like, oh, and no, maybe it, I won't. His nickname was "We Got to Bury It." Say our prayers. It's not. Throw some dirt on it. He's not the unicorn, <laughs> but I don't think he sucks. I, I probably was a little bit vociferous. <laughs> we probably had a few already. And to think that, you know, we we by every measure, at least by the reports, we tampered to try to get this guy. We did. We, I mean, we flew overseas and we did everything yeah. we could. And I thank God it didn't work. Moving yeah. on. <laughs> Headline Zero.
Number three, Purdue gets trounced at Michigan, fa falling out of the Big Ten lead after an 82-58 loss. As Purdue's stay atop of the Big Ten didn't last long after suffering its first blowout loss of the season Thursday night at Michigan. Michigan South is Michigan. They, they're, I mean, they're young. Yeah. This is a, the Big Ten's eating their young this year. I mean, it's going to be difficult to get through. We've we've seen several of the better ones go down. Michigan State is up and down. They finally get a win. Purdue's good. They're not great. Ivy can play. That's a that's a top five pick. And Spur fan might want to look at this guy pretty closely because he's. Gonna, it looks yeah, like he's going to fall right in the realm where the Spurs are going to be drafting. It's going to be a good tournament. It's going to be a very good tournament this Ooh, year because there is no weeks away. clear-cut favorite. And of course, you're going to catch it all right here on San Antonio Sports Star. Yeah, now that the Super Bowl is done, we're going to wake up on, on Monday in college basketball. It is time to focus this on This is when I start watching. This is, we all this is when I get caught up like, Chris, oh, this guy's good. And everybody's like, yeah, Rudy, he's been good for two months. Well, sorry. <laughs> Christmas Day is the beginning of the NBA season. Right. And the day after the, the Super Bowl is the beginning of college right. basketball season. And for me, it's the best season of the year. Moving along. Agreed. That's the 411 and a 2-1-0. Yesterday was ridiculous for the Spurs. Were you, were you, I mean, one deal is one thing. And then to follow up the next day with another, and then another. Yeah, I've never, I can't remember, again, and I, I have a horrible memory, so y'all help me out, but I don't remember them doing three deals before deadline. Brian Wright very quietly worked his way diligently to the busiest trade deadline day for the Spurs in their in their long and illustrious career. He now has four total draft picks, whether acquired or you know already had, cap space to burn, some young talent arriving out of Boston, Josh Richardson, who probably is going to disappear over the summer. He might be around. I don't know. I know we we went and got an enemy we're very familiar with in, in, Matt, in Dallas. Oh, yeah. In Richardson. We know this guy, and there's a reason why he kind of fit, but I don't know. I was going to say something that makes Rudy mad, and I'm not even going to go there. A Spurs guy. <laughs> I was going to say that, and I thought, yeah. you know what? He's right. I'm not even going to bring it up anymore. Oh, you bring up what you want. No, no, no. What I'm saying is I think you're absolutely right. We've got to put Spurs guy to bed. That's a, that's a thing of the past. Let's talk about it. And it's yeah. hard for me to get over that. But when I look at acquired players, I go, is he a Spurs guy? I don't even know what that is anymore. <laughs> so let's not do that anymore. You're a Spurs guy when you get silver and black. Right. We do want to wave a fond farewell to number 14. One of the one of the more interesting chapters in Spurs lore. We, You know, the, he was polarizing. The guy worked. He did nothing but work his ass off. And turned himself into from an undrafted vet into a San Antonio Spur. Drew Eubanks, thanks for everything you did, man. Thanks. Moving along. We're going to come back talking Spurs. The NBA had a huge day yesterday. Addresses were changed. And we're going to get to see a Ben Simmons, we think. Hold on tight. The NBA is headed over the hump into the downhill. Stay close. Hall of Fame votes were in. Award winners were announced. Man, we got a busy day. Let's uh, pay for this fantastic show. You're on R on the morning, and this is San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. R&R in the morning here on San Antonio Sports Star. Big game coverage continues here from Radio Row. It's going to be a busy day around here. I hear tell Emmett Smith's coming by. Emmett Smith is coming by. He is going to be a part of this station? Yeah, he'll be on Can here. I say that? Yeah, he'll be on here today. Can I tease that? He will be on with the Blitz. Yeah, be with the Blitz. I just met someone super cool. There's been a few 
right? And I'm going to tease. I just met one of the cooler ones because I want to talk about Spurs because Rob and I have been known to tease the Spurs and leave them hanging until 9.53. So, well, now we have reason to talk. Now there's, yeah. something, there's some there there instead Let's of supposition. Let's talk about it, Rob. Where you want to go first? I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this. I'm gonna throw a hot take. Okay. Uh, Brian Wright in uh, one fell swoop in 36 hours changed the trajectory of the Spurs. The last three years, as we have tried to transition from what was what will be, to what will be, this is the biggest step in the process. Okay. And I don't want to use that term for too long, but now the process was is in full effect. Okay. We punted this year. That's fine. Fair. I mean, uh, and what, Fair. no, I shouldn't say that. We they have admitted the punt. Fair. So now we know we're headed in a direction. Got stockpile of draft picks and money. Have pledging them in has been proven right all along. They are yes, they have been. They were the, the Spurs, and did we really think this wasn't a tank? But the fact is, they acted as if Pop will never act as if it's anything other than a chase for a title. But this was an active tank, and now they proved it, and that's good. There's nothing wrong with they've that. proven that medi- mediocrity never improves. And I, don't, I guess you and I both have a problem with the word. It's yeah, so, it, like because when the word itself feels like you're going out there and you don't want to win. Yeah. It. I don't think that's the case. I Ever. just feel like. So I don't. I won't say tank as much as I say. Okay, you know we're going in a different direction. Well, the way I'd like to define it is, players don't tank. No, teams do. I agree with that. You got five on the court. They're giving you everything they got. Paychecks are on the line. Long-term employment in a league that is trying to take your job at every step doesn't mean you won't get paid, but you want to play. Mm -hmm. So I, I will never say a player will tank. I think a player is indifferent sometimes, but it's not tanking. So with that in mind, mm-hmm. let's look first at the, the those that are gone. Derek White, the uh, the tenure was good, and I think when we look at Derek White's time here, he is a very good ball player, but he he cannot be the foundational piece to a rebuild. Fact that was proven. Yeah, and he's you know he's a good four, five, six guy on a uh, on a good team. He's a guy you want on the court. There's no reason why he he's going to help Boston. Ime Odoka knew exactly what he was getting when this deal was done. Ime clearly wanted yes. him. Yes. And, and maybe Ime was the assistant that worked closest with him. I don't know. I didn't pay attention to their, you know, relationship while Ime was here. But And what the Spurs lost in him was that the defensive heart and soul of that team. He was the guy that was willing to take the charge. He was the guy that would step into passing lanes and was an adequate passer and an adequate shooter. But he was not. I would love to have a Derek White when you're a playoff team. Oh, That's when he's a good guy. A bad team, what's the point? So he's got a playoff team, or at least one that aspires to that, and we wave farm goodbye to him. Well, the thing about it, when with that game, I don't know if it was game one or two, I can't remember, it's the first round. It's against the Denver Nuggets, and he goes crazy. Mm-hmm. And we were like, "Oh, buddy, we got a guy." You know. Now the last time we had a shoot around when they were playing Cleveland, my thought process has been all year. I've been like, "Hey, dude, Derek's not the guy. Derek's not the guy. Derek's not the guy." But as we got closer to the trade deadline, I said, "On was it Monday or Tuesday? Whatever day they played Cleveland." I was like, y'all are crazy if y'all think they've invested $70 million in this guy and they're going to trade him and give up on him. I did not believe that. I didn't think he was the guy. 
and I've said that many times this year. Carl and I have gone back and forth about it, and I, it's not like Carl said that he was Kawhi. It's just Carl was like, you know, he was he was fond of Derek, and I was like, ah, I don't know if he's the guy. I don't know if he's the guy, but I did not think they were going to give up on him. So I was dead wrong on that, and that was just this week. I was like, y'all are crazy if y'all think that he's, they're going to give up on Derek White. And they turned around Thursday and said, hold my beer, Rudy. Well, I, I'm I, I'm shocked. The fact that not only did they move him, but they extracted a first-round pick from Boston and a guy that I'm – Josh Richardson, I know what I'm getting there. And, yeah, fine. But it's – the Romeo Langford I'm intrigued with. This guy – I don't know anything about him. And the, the, the thing is, you should. But he's been hurt so much. He was a lottery pick. One of the top 20 players coming out of high school, just a phenomenal player, strong, good-looking, smooth guard that I think if he gets the opportunity, this might be the little thing that was the the sweetener on a deal that I don't think that the Spurs pursued. I have a feeling that it was the Boston that called them because, my goodness, what a haul for Derek White. Think about what they pulled back. Um, Yeah, it's like Jerry West hooking the Lakers up. It really, I no, mean, it's not it's, that, but it really feels like, would you believe that Derek White was worth a first-round draft pick, two dudes? I figured it's because of the money. Well, it to is. To make the money work. To make the money work, but it certainly benefited the Spurs. Look at what they got back. Well, this is the thing, and now I'm going to get in my, I'm going to be the old man in my rocking chair and be negative. Like, I don't care how many first picks you get if you ain't picking the right people. Because Derek White was a first-round pick. Lonnie Walker, who we all feel like he's going to walk, is a first-round pick, damn near a lottery pick. So Brian Wright can have a 1,000 picks. If they don't pick the guys that are the guys, what what was this all for? So like, this is one of those things where, what are we, 2022? I guess we'll know by 2025, 2024. I think we'll know sooner than that. If they, because so so now the now the real job has begun. Okay? Yes, the process. Began. You know what I mean? Because like you know, like a Sam Presti. Uh, what's the kid's name? Triple double, Giddy. That's Josh, Josh Giddy, Giddy. Australia. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like you, when is it? When are one of these guys that you pick? Maybe it's Primo. Maybe we, maybe we find out next year that Primo is like, oh wow, we all are fans of Primo. So now I think is the hard part. I think this. I think picking the right guy is harder than pulling this trade off. Well, look at Oklahoma City. They got first round draft picks for the so, next twenty years. Twenty seventy. So yeah. So they got to pick the right guys. But Presti's proved Presti drafted three MVPs. Mm-hmm. So, but, but they were top ten guys. That's because they. Stuck. It's easy when you're that it's bad. It's easy. Yeah. yeah, when you're that bad, it's easy. So now I think Brian's job gets a little bit tougher because, depending on where they draft, depending on where those ping pong balls fall, because if it's going to be like eight to fourteen. Those are tough picks. I don't care how good of a GM you are. Like, and so I wouldn't hold that against them because it's like everybody looks the same after your first group of guys that you know are all going to be really, really good. So I guess it's, it's, okay, let's it's look 20, at what, I guess in 2024 we'll see. The, 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 the draft acumen of the Spurs over the last several years. So I think okay. we've got some definite winners. And I'm going to include Derek White as a winner because Derek White did turn into a first-round pick another one, and a Josh Richardson, and another first-round pick in, in Romeo Langford. So let's call Derek White a successful draft pick. Now, he didn't wasn't successful for the team, but when he was done with us, he brought value. That was a great spin. I'm just telling you. Wow, and, that was a great spin. And listen to the people also drafted in the 20s of that 2017 draft. 
Number 20, Harry Giles. Number 21, Terrence Ferguson. Jared Allen was 22. OG Ananobi was 23. But Tyler Linden, Anjus Pasinknis, Caleb Swanigan, Kyle Kuzma, Tony Bradley, and then Derek White. So, you know, when yeah. you look at the people drafted in the 20s with Derek White, you'd probably say that he's one of the three successful people taken in those 10 True. picks. Truth. That's another great spin move. So when you look at it, the, the uh, I, th- I think I have to take a shot. You I think I'd literally have to take I a shot know. by what I just said. <laughs> hey, Rob, uh, I don't think you, I didn't know you had a spin move in your bag. Uh, oh, I got spin. I, I'm a, I'm I gonna know throw, you can shoot. I'm gonna throw you a sham god. I'm a, I'm a pull one back on you right now. Hey, can, can I go one step further and tell you guys who was taken in the teens in that draft? Well, hey, because Justin Jackson, uh, Justin Patton, DJ Wilson, TJ Leaf, John Collins was a good pick, but there, there are guys that, you know, get drafted every year and don't pan out for the team that drafted them. Oh, Derek true. White especially panned out late. for the Spurs. Yeah, especially late. And and what makes it even more spectacular is there's a very monuness to this. I mean, he comes out of Johnson and Wales, a cooking school, falls oh. ass backwards at Colorado, and his coach Boyle just happens to have a relationship with Pop because of Team USA. There would have been no Derek White but for Pop working with Team USA. Let's be realistic about that. So I'm going to quantify that as a victory. So I'm going to give that Brian and right, a po- that's a check positive for him, right? No. Okay. No, I disagree. I don't think. Uh, let, moving on. Okay. I want. To, I don't want to get. We'll I don't come back get to stuck it. On, yeah, I but, I, but there's stuck. other. Uh, we have failures. Let's not. Right, right, right. But we, I will consider I him there, a positive. Keldon Johnson, I think, was a win. You draft an Olympian. You draft a stud. That was easy. But and then I think we can all agree that Devin Vassell is going to be the guy. When? Josh Primo is not going to be. It, by the exodus of Derek, tells me that Pop says Primo's ready. He'll be the guy next year. I mean, they got rid of the I guy that he was going to have to play for, play behind. Yeah. So the door I think opened. Lonnie up. and Derek leaving will be Primo and Vassell. Yes. Yeah, so that tells us if Lonnie leaves. I don't know. Well, it's going to. I've proven I don't know what the hell so they're going to do. Those are wins. <laughs> I think okay. Lonnie books out. Books out. I don't know. I, but did but right even, now he's a failure. It's a failure. If your first-round pick is not re-signed, if you have not re-signed him, you have to look at that as a failed experiment. Okay. Seriously. Fair. And then Luca, which was, Sound. at the end of the day, yeah, that's ugly. A, a whiff. But they got Keldon Johnson, so you go, well, 50-50. Right. If they'd have taken Keldon at 19 and Luca at 30, well, everybody would have been, that makes sense. But other way around, no, it doesn't look so good. So with that in mind, when I look at four draft picks, I'm moderately optimistic that they're going to make the right pick. That it's that Wright and RC have been pretty at least sixty percent, and I think most draft guys, if you're going sixty percent, that's a guy you keep. You know, that, that's a talent scout. That yeah. that guy is finding the talent and supplying it to your team. Because as Carl just showed us, you get in the twenties, you got guys like Patton and TJ Leaf and Wasamata Tikasikas or whatever you might get from I'm some other country who never comes to the country. So respect. I think if you're a Spur fan, you wake up today going. We're in good shape. I don't. I don't have an issue yet. But as you just said, now you got to go do it. Yeah, that's the tough part. And and you got to hope that these guys don't peak because Derek peaked, and then it's just been a slow decline. And injuries played a factor. I think COVID played a factor. I think other guys developing mm-hmm. played a factor. But you just hope these guys don't peak and then sizzle out and fizzle out. That's the that's the only thing that's good. Because again, after that game in Denver. We're like, okay, going into next year, Derek, DeJounte will be fully healthy. We got something. Mm -hmm. And then it's just, he just never turned the corner. 
We're up against it. When we come back, we're going to be giving away some tickets. Yeah, it's about that time, isn't it? Next yeah, you Valentine's types. If you haven't got your gift, I got something for you. Hold on tight. When we get back, we're going to do that. we got so much to talk about. We haven't begun the NFL side of this show as uh, Hall of Fame con- nominees turned into entrants as we had the votes complete yesterday. DeMarcus Ware fans. Maybe next year. We'll talk about that. Aaron Rodgers gets his trophy, his belt, and Micah Parsons gets what he deserves. We'll talk about the NFL holding on tight next here on R&R in the morning. This is San Antonio's Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. Uh, Rob Thompson, Rudy J. Uh, R&R in the morning, uh, live from Los Angeles, powered by AA Best Bail Bonds, Nearside App. Texas Cheer Liquor, and Southern Recipe Small Batch Pork Rinds. Good morning. Good morning to you. Good morning, good morning. This is R&R in the morning, and you are on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 1033 FM. Thank you for being there. If you're in a situation where you can use your device to watch us live, I highly recommend it. You can do that at sasportstar.com. You can find us on our YouTube channel. You can just remember San Antonio Sports Star. You can watch us on Facebook, wherever you are. Sound off right now. Early birds, we love hearing from you. Let us know what you're thinking. This hour, of course, we're talking Spurs. Shoot around at 8.30. They go to Atlanta with a brand-new team, it feels like. Lots of money and lots of draft picks in the Spurs' future. We'll figure out how that's going to work for them. Uh, But first, the NFL awards fell last night. Hall of Fame announcements today. And this is one of those traditional things at the Super Bowl where the players that are probably going to be inducted are all in the players' hotel. And the big Jerry Rich, the big old guy from the Hall of Fame, you know who I'm talking about, goes from door to door and knocks on their door and invites them into the Hall of Fame. The culmination of an incredible long career, those that. And then some get, you know, some like Drew Pearson had to wait an awful long time. And this class represents those that had to wait. Led by Tony Baselli, there were no first ballot entrants into the NFL Hall of Fame this year. And when we saw that this morning, Rudy, you said. It ain't basketball. No, it's tough. It's supposed to be. It's the Hall of Fame, not the Hall of Really Good. So it's supposed to be tough. I don't have any problem with that. Again, and I have to dive more into where's numbers, but I don't know who was really worthy of a first ballot Hall of Fame. When you think first ballot, it should just be no-brainer. If I have to think about it, you're probably not a first ballot. Doesn't mean you're not a Hall of Famer. Just means you're not first ballot. But, um, you know, where, if not for Von Miller, may probably has a – Super Bowl MVP played really, really well when they beat Carolina when he moved on mm-hmm. to the Denver Broncos. But maybe just again, I don't have him in that Reggie White, Lawrence Taylor, Derek Thomas, Michael Strahan. I don't have him in that cut. Bruce Smith. You know, when you think of those guys, I don't know if you also think of Demarcus Ware. I could be selling Ware short, but I have a problem with that. He'll get in. I think he lands right about where those that got in landed. When you look at defensive linemen, Richard Seymour and Bryant Young, I think DeMarcus Ware is that. But guess what? Richard Seymour and Bryant Young had to wait a couple years. Right. DeMarcus didn't. That's why DeMarcus isn't in. Tony Baselli, I don't think anybody questioned that. He was going to get in eventually. I do think when I consider Tony Baselli, I consider a, 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 a great career that was hampered by injuries. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Again, I, I, well, as hard as it is, I do feel like there are some guys that are really, really borderline. I think Baselli's borderline because, I mean, regardless of how good you are, if you're not your best, you know, trade is availability, and he really wasn't all that available. But 
He was the beginning of a franchise. Right. You know, Baselli and the Jaguars kind of go hand in hand for me. Right. Leroy Butler, I don't have any problem with that. I'm surprised he wasn't already in. Yeah, I don't even know criteria for safeties. <laughs> I mean, but I think the floodgates for safeties are about to open. Right. Um, and Leroy Butler, congratulations, dude. I'm surprised you weren't there. Sam Mills, overdue as well. But Sam Mills also falls into that category that Demarcus Ware falls into. One of the greats of all time with the Saints. He's on the. He's on the. Yeah, but when you look across the NFL, I think he waited the appropriate amount of time. I do believe you can't write the story of the NFL and the story of the Saints without Sam Mills being part of one of its chapters. So certainly belongs to be in there. Richard Seymour, I thought he was in there already too. No, I didn't. Pull that last comment back up, Carl. I think it's a good point of what we're talking about. I rec Miggy V one two oh three. I recognize my age factor in here, but this class feels like the Hall of Very Good who needed to get in before eligibility runs out. So the newer guys got pushed down. Oh, you're exactly right. I totally agree, Miggy V one two oh three. I totally agree. Now I'm not saying that Reese Seymour and Mills and the Raiders receiver, what's my man's name, Rob? Cliff Branch. Cliff Branch. I'm not, you know. They got in, but it does feel that way. But I don't know which new guys that were first ballot worthy. Well, it's the Hall of Fame. It's not the Hall of Goats. Right. I mean, there's really good and there's great, and I think really good deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Unless we're just going to have the Hall of Goats and put one guy in a year, this this is what the Hall of Fame is supposed to be. Yeah. They're in. I mean, we can't just take... The goats, the goats. It would be one wing. It wouldn't be that. Uh, yeah, this only, year, you don't honestly, have like thirty guys. Mickey's right. This is a dull class. It, it is. This is all a bunch of guys that were waiting on that one last call. Now, I will hasten. I will argue that this will be the most grateful class. While everybody's grateful, some right. know. I mean, most years you got three dudes that knew from the moment they hung their cleats up, they were in first ballot. Right. None of these guys have that. So I think it'll be a celebration, as it always is. But there won't be a keynote. There won't be one guy we're all waiting to see. Yeah, I don't know if everybody's, you know, this is one. And you're like, oh, I can't wait to watch that one. Cliff Branch got in, and I think because Drew Pearson got in, Cliff Branch deserves. But, you know. But, see, this is this is the problem on the hall. This, hall, this is the problem on the Hall of Very Good theory. Right. Because now but you. He's, uh, he is good, though. No. Cliff Branch should have been in. But you, you just when you do that, then there's a lot of guys you're going to end up having to put in. Well, unfortunately, yes. But we're not just starting the Hall of Fame today. It's been around for 80 years, so they decided a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> and when the Spurs open the door for a couple of things in the banner, you can't let the toothpaste back in the tube. It's out. It's out. Yeah. Now, Art McNally, one of the classic. Nobody knows this guy, but unless you're a bit older, he was a just a a, a personality of types. Uh, from years ago, and then, of course, the great Dick Vermill, who I'm sure will be the uh, the keynote speaker that they're going to have to give a lot of extra time because there's going to be a few tears. Dick Vermeil can't speak in public without breaking down. I, I love that about the man. His emotions are right there. But there, there sits your class. There it is. Yeah. I think a lot of us kind of look at it like, oh, there you go. I mean, no, first of all, it's a hell of an accomplishment. So hats off. Standing ovation for that. Like, you know, you're you're in a very small group of people, very small percentage of people that get in. So they definitely deserve uh, their flowers. So congratulations to the class that went in. Aaron Rodgers is your MVP of the NFL. As he should have been. It's a regular season award, and he was the best regular season player. That's four. That's four for Aaron, and he's on a small group of guys that have won back-to-back. And 
His buddy has been here all week screaming and yelling throughout the convention center, and you can hear him screaming and yelling his entire time he's on air. <laughs> he's talking about Pat McAfee and his fandom. Who stage. is the rock star? Who is on top? They, you know, it goes in stages. You know, every there's a, the, every now and then a guy comes along and takes the sports media world by fire. You know, Stephen A. had his run. Rome had his run. You know, right now. <laughs> it's, it's Pat McAfee's right, world, and we're just living. Yeah, right we now, orbit around the Pat McAfee sun. Regardless how I feel about his black tank top, Pat McAfee did is you, doing his damn thing. Well, since He's we're talking about it right now, did you see him rub CBD in his eyes yesterday? Yeah, dude. <laughs> but it, I'm sure guys. But see, that's the thing. In the world we live in, man, it's about clicks, views, generating content, and people talking about it. It's stupid, and that's the only. It's it's bigger news than the Rams and Bengals who are playing in the Super Bowl in two days. But no, but back to Aaron. Props to Aaron, man. I I, I still um, curious to see what he's going to do this off season because he still he told. What's your gut? We're we're in we're now in the era of guys wanting to see what else is out there. Not that the grass is greener. Just like you know what, I'm ready for a change. So I think he's I think he's going to move along not because Gutekunst didn't do what he wants or he's upset or he doesn't think he can win in Green Bay. It's just like, uh, you know, it'd be cool to put on blank uniform. Yeah, I think so. Now, I, now I'm not saying that he's going to go to Cleveland. It's going to have to be somewhere where he feels like, hey, I do have a chance to get to a Super Bowl. And if that opportunity doesn't present itself, then yes, he stays at Green Bay. But if there's an opportunity out there and the team looks like, you know what, they're Aaron Rodgers away from being in Arizona next year, I think he moves on because he's gonna be the he's gonna be the most sought after uh, free agent that, when the offseason begins in uh, history. Yeah, you get an Aaron Rodgers when Tom Brady signed. Everybody thought it might be a year. He was talking good, but you know, you get an Aaron Rodgers, you're gonna get him for four or five. You got another. You got some time still with this guy, right? The other awards went out last night. T.J. Watt. Didn't get the NFL single-season sack record all to himself, but he got himself the All-Defensive Player of the Year award. And his big brother gave it to him. That was pretty cool yeah. little uh, moment there. You know, big. I think J.J. has, what, two? Mm-hmm. And, you know, to be up there on stage and give the award to your brother, that's pretty cool. Mom and dad got to be proud. That is quite a family. Uh, offensive Rookie of the Year is Jamar Chase. No surprise there. Yeah, he, he, uh, he caught Mac Jones in the, in the fourth quarter. Because Mac Jones was the clear-cut winner, and then the fourth quarter, Mac Jones kind of started tailing off, and Jamar Chase started trending upward and just went off. I mean, he goes off against the Chiefs. He had some great games to end the season, and you're right, Rob. I don't think it was close. Unanimous decision for Micah Parsons as he takes the uh, defensive rookie of the year. Another situation that's not close. And, again, when I look at all the stats, when I look at you know tackles for losses, when I look at tackles overall, when I look at the fact that he moved around and he just wasn't doing just one thing, and when Demarcus uh, when Demarcus Lawrence went down and he moved to a position he never played, he probably and again because he's young and they feel like oh he'll get a, he'll have a chance later, and you know T.J. Watt some people feel like he was robbed by Aaron Donald a couple times because of Aaron Donald's popularity. So it's one of those things where it's like you got to pay your dues, kid. But if we're being real. If we're being real and you look at it across the board, it doesn't say sack player of right. the year. It says defensive player of the year. 
And the defensive player of the year was Micah Parsons. He didn't get it because he's a rookie. And it's just, and, and because T.J. Watt, in a lot of people's eyes, has been robbed by Aaron Donald. So it's like, no, it's like a Hall of Fame. Like we just talked you gotta about. you got to wait. You're going to have to You're wait. You're going to have to wait your turn. But be clear, Micah Parsons was the defensive player of the year. I have no. He was. He I have no was. compunction about it's saying not, that at all. It's not the sack player of the year. It's not. <laughs> so that's yeah. just my opinion. Now, he got I the award, and he earned it. Now, you mentioned Mac Jones, you know, at the halfway point was the heir apparent. He was going to get the Offensive Rookie of the I Year. I thought so. And I think at the halfway point, Dak Prescott was going to get the Comeback Player of the Year. Quite frankly, that's an award no one wants to get. Yeah, you don't want to be in that situation. You don't want to be right. the guy that gets the Comeback. But Dak, because of the off-talked-about, not-really-in-loud-terms in slump, right. didn't deserve it. I don't think he was the comeback player of the year. Now, I don't know about Joe Burrow, but I guess it makes sense. I just don't quantify him as a guy who had to come back because, quite frankly, he barely got started. Well, he came back from ACL. I know, but right. we, it was. But how many games have we had as a sum total of his career? Coming back from the injury, yes. But coming back to what? I had an eight-game sample size. It was phenomenal, yes. And he deserves it. But I didn't even consider him as a comeback kind of guy. Right. You know what I mean? Did it feel like he was... Because we barely knew it. Coming back, it feels like it just got here. Yeah. But he got it, and uh, he's going to win the Super Bowl. But we'll talk about that in a bit. We might. Walter Payton Man of the Year is Andrew Whitworth, which is, of all the awards, I think the players really cherish that a lot. And Whitworth, yeah. th- that's one of those it's awards. a great award to have. Yeah, and one of those that goes above and beyond. And Whitworth been in the league for an awful long time. The Spurs are headed to Atlanta. They will play tonight. Carolina Teague will join us as we have shoot around here in just a couple of minutes. But before that, Carl's got them. You need them. It's time for the 411 in the 210. Here's the 411 in the 210. Headline 2. Ball from Tom Brady's last touchdown pass is headed to auction. The football Tom Brady threw to complete the last touchdown pass of his NFL career is going up for auction with Lulans on Sunday. A fan who wishes to remain anonymous caught the ball in the stands and now has potentially a huge payday on his hands. The ball could fetch a significant amount of money. Just last June, Lulans sold the football Tom Brady threw to complete his first ever NFL touchdown for $428,841. $428,841. Who is Leland? I assume it's an auction company. It's the auction house. Oh, okay. Um, I think Mike Evans caught it on Jalen Ramsey. Well, he caught one in the middle of the season. It was a 600. It was a six or 700 touchdown. It was touchdown. 600. He threw it, mm-hmm. it was 600. He threw it in the stands. And then, just so happened, he catches Tom's last right. touchdown pass. Thank goodness he didn't throw it in the stands again. <laughs> and Tom have to give somebody. Oh, you know what, Carl? He gave the dude with the six hundred touch a Bitcoin. Yeah. Uh-huh. Didn't he give him he like gave a, some Bitcoin? Didn't, didn't Tampa offer like five hundred dollars to the gift no, shop? Tom, he got some tickets, season tickets, and Tom gave him some Bitcoin that fell, <laughs> that crashed a few he weeks ago. He gave him a couple of scratch offs. Yeah, but that's what it turned out. But in ten years, it'll still be okay. But um, I'm glad Mike Evans didn't toss this one in the stands. I hope all the money. That Brady brings in on this goes to charity. I hope so. Because why is he selling that ball? I can see selling a lot of balls that you had. But your last touchdown, I'd like, for my career, I'd like to have first. I'd like to have the last. I'd like to keep the significant ones. He definitely wants to say, huh? But there's but a lot gotta, of them in his Then career. you got to keep 100. You it's keep it's, above the last it's one. a fan who's selling it. It's not Brady. I know. 
I know, okay, but you, okay. You, you, you think if he had it, he wouldn't sell it. No. But then at some point, you're also like, I'm not going to keep buying stuff back that's mine. <laughs> I was like, all right, I lost out on that one. He, you got it, man. You know? Would you go buy it? My last touchdown pass? I think that's one I'd want. Whew, yeah, I probably would. That's a significant football. I remember Emmett in the days of Emmett when every time he scored, his guy was running over there writing down distance ball and all that. And then after he retired, he was doing a show for, I don't know what it was, Inside Sports or something like that. Right. And we got to see his his storage bin. With all, yeah, there must have been 75 footballs in there. I mean, I can understand a lot of them letting go, but your last one? I think I'd want that one. Agree. Moving on. Headline one. For get going to Disney World, Cincinnati tight end CJ Zuma says that he will take a bath in Chile if the Bengals win Super Bowl 56. During Thursday's virtual what? media availability, Zuma said that he would soak in Cincinnati style chili if oh, the Bengals beat the Rams on Sunday to get their first Super Bowl win in franchise history. He said he is serious about putting on some swim trunks and taking a dip in the culinary item that Cincinnati is most associated with. You put it in a swimming pool, I'll dive in there and eat my way out, Uzuma said. At first, I thought you were talking about the country. When you said I was like, what? Why is he going all the way over there to do that? But then you're like, Cincinnati-style chili. What is Cincinnati-style chili? They call it Skyline Chili. Okay. And it's kind of... First of all, they serve it weird. They serve it over spaghetti, which is a little weird. And it's got... It's kind of like our mole... It's got a little chocolate, bitter chocolate in it, but they call it chili. It's a very unique recipe. Well, that we don't serve our mole over spaghetti. No, those. no, but I'm talking about the sauce, the, the chili sauce itself. Over. They use kind of a bitter chocolate in it. It's an acquired taste. It's not bad. but the, And then they don't use Parmesan cheese. It's cheddar cheese. So it's, it, it is counter to everything we believe in in so, Texas. So that's a pretty weird swimming pool. Oh, gosh. That's noodles, cheddar cheese. Now, do they do beans in Cincy? Uh, I don't think there's any compunction with it. Oh. I don't think they have the fight about it like we do in Texas. That's preference. But that's a weird swimming pool, Carl. I what thought it was headline worthy. That's no, another reason to root for the, for, for the Bengals. Can you imagine trying to get chili off your parts that's hard to reach for a couple days? Well, you haven't had to do that in your life at some point? No, I've never gotten jello. I've never gone in a foam part. I've never been in a jello pool. No, I've only swam in chlorine and a shower. That's it. You haven't taken a chili dip? <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, I act like that's you, I know. Have you? You ever skinny dip? Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. Where? Well, I'm not going to give away my secrets. Oh, no, I, you no, know, when I'm... you're a kid, I grew up with my, my oh, grandparents had a stock tank. I've skinny dipped with my wife. Dope. Props. Well, you know, I've never done it. I have a pool. I got it. Yeah, I got oh, a pool yeah, in my backyard. I, and you got acres. I've spent a lot of time. You got acres. No one can see. Yeah, no one can see. That's cool, man. I just got to put that on my bucket list, Carl. Well, it's not, I mean, it, it's not all. Um, it's not something you look forward to. Yeah, it is. Well, it is, but it's not something like tonight. I'm skinny dip, but it just kind of happens. <laughs> it's one of those things that just kind of kind of occurs. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> you know? So you're right. If you're planning for it, it's probably not going to happen, or you're going to be alone. One or the other. It's called Chunky Duncan. Yeah. Chunky. <laughs> and the older you get, you yeah. screw you, Rudolph. I ain't chunky. <laughs> I'm 
I'm healthy. You ever cannonballed? In some countries, I'm looked at as a as a king because I look right. so fluffy. That's right. <laughs> I eat well. Yeah. Food and drink for all of my people. In some countries, if you look like me, it means you're rich. There used to be a description for full-figured women. Uh, the Degas look. Which, you know, it was like you won... That was the well-fed group. Oh. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Yeah. That, that proved your wealth. You ate last night. See what I'm saying? So we're we're wealthy. We're, we're wealthy. That's what I am. I'm not chunky. I'm wealthy. I had four sausage dogs last night. I'm wealthy. At, when did the law of diminishing return kick in? Like, normally, like, at three, it's like, okay. Well, it wasn't at one sitting. That's See, true. that was the problem. That's true. Okay, I got because you. Because I got you. That I was just kind of a grab and go, and it, they were... Average size, so three something. bites, right? Gone. Four of them later. I'm in a. I'm in an Uber, headed home. Moving on. Yeah. Headline zero. U.S. women's hockey team outlasts Czech Republic in quarterfinals at Beijing Olympics. The U.S. survived a scare against the Czech Republic in the Beijing Olympics women's hockey tournament quarterfinals, pulling away to win 4-1 on Friday. The Americans outshot Czech 59-6, but the score was tied entering the third period thanks to outstanding goaltending from Karla Perslova, who had 56 saves. This was the first Olympic tournament for the Czech Republic. First of all, I'm surprised at that. Team USA is our women's hockey team is about like our women's soccer team. They're pretty dominant. We just don't talk about them much. True. And it's not been the their best of tournaments. We lost to our arch rival Canada to start this thing out, but I still think they're favored, right? Oh, they should be. In our women's teams, we dominate. They're really good, man. We're Can really we get the women's coach for the soccer team to coach the men? That might be a bad idea. <laughs> Maybe that'll work at this point. Moving on. That's the 411 and the 210. Now, the Spurs made plans for the future. Lots of draft pick, lots of money, but the future starts tonight. They are in Atlanta in uh, game two of the uh, rodeo road trip before the all star break. They're going to be minus a few dudes. We'll see what we're going to have tonight with uh, Carolina Teagues as she joins us next for Shoot Around. We're looking at Spurs and Hawks. we got so much more. Mel Renfro, Dallas Cowboy Hall of Famer, will join us after that. Very rarely do you get an opportunity to sit down with true legendary talent. And Mel Renfro, you know, for, for Dallas Cowboy fans, played a long time ago. Long time ago, he showed up a regal man. He he had a, a a presence about him, and he sat down, Rudy, and he started running smack. Yeah, I was like, Damn. respect. I was like, oh, you you, you just... are gonna want to hear this because even Rudy went, "Damn, you just started running it on Drew Pearson." <laughs> You're going to have to hear this. Yeah, he's a DB, though. DBs are different. And you ask him that, and even way back when, swag was a thing. Yeah. And Mel Renfro had it then, and you're going to hear it at 7 or at 8.45. But first, we're going to have some shoot-around. Hang tight with us, because we're going to have all the fun in the world here on R&R in the morning. This is San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250, the 103.3 FM. <laughs> R&R in the morning. Don't mind them brake lights. We'll get you where you're going. Here's Rudy J. I'm Rob Thompson. You are comfortably, I hope, at 103.3 FM or sitting in front of your device watching us live at SanAntonioSportsStar.com. Because if you are, if you look about 7 o'clock at your bottom left-hand side of your screen, for those of you who are unaccustomed to the clock method, you will see Carolina Teague because it is time for shoot-around. Good morning, Carolina. How are you? 
I'm doing good, guys. Are you guys ready to come back home yet, or are you about uh, to stay out there forever? Uh, I think I would like to stay out here forever, but I don't have the the stamina. I wouldn't. I can't afford to live. I can't afford to live out here forever, but um, I could get used to the weather. So, Carolina, what is the temperature of San Antonio after the busy day that Brian Wright and the Spurs had? It's really, really hot right now. I can tell you that much. There's a lot of things going on right here. Uh, but, I mean, really, though, the actual temperature, it's very, very inconsistent. Kind of like the way we see the Spurs play throughout the year. So it's kind of a mm. pretty, you know, goes pretty well, hand in hand. Are you happy? Uh, no. No, no, I uh, I feel no, I feel like well, I mean, I need to check my emotions, and that's something that I'm trying to work with on myself. Sometimes I can get a little bit emotionally invested in these trades, and I don't know if it's because I'm a woman, I don't know if it's because I, you know, just have emotional connections to certain players. But I feel like when Derek White got traded yesterday, I felt like I got stabbed. Really? That's what I felt like. Yeah, I felt like I got stabbed. Like somebody mm. stabbed me in the heart. And it took me a couple of hours to even want to look at the news. It was it was so dramatic. It was so it was so dramatic. You see, but, and that's funny to hear that because I didn't I didn't think that we got to that point with Derek. Like with, I I think you know there are certain Spurs that have come through and we're like you know when Patty was it was emotional for me to watch Patty go yeah. to Brooklyn. Like I had I had become to love Patty. But, you know, Derek, I didn't think we got – well, I didn't, we didn't – it wasn't like he was on TV a lot. It wasn't like he was doing a bunch. Like, I never got connected to him. And that's not to mean he's a bad guy. I just never got connected right. to him to where I felt any type of way about him leaving. I, to me, with Derek, it was all about a performance-based relationship. And he I didn't hold up me, to his end of the bargain. Yeah, and, and that's how a lot of people feel. But for me personally, I had interviewed him. I met him, you know, at rare occasions. Oh, okay. And the interactions I did have with him, they were very instrumental to why I'm here today. So gotcha. I was a little bit sad about it. Now, now that makes sense. sense. Now I got you. Know, yeah. And, and yeah, Rudy, yeah, Rudy yeah. do you have your, your uh, I don't know, a better way to put it, okay? But your first connection with a Spurs player that left. I remember mine. I remember the ooh, first that ooh, I really me. I genuinely ooh, liked. Yeah. I, I, I this was a long time ooh. ago. It, 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 Kevin Willis. Really? I I, I, really? I, we, I liked him. You see, I think that's a, okay. You know, he, he when he okay. got when he left, he gave me his warm up. No way. Yeah. Wow. I have the old school it's that's huge awesome. the warm up jacket. When the last game he's like, "Bro, you want this?" That's awesome. So when he got traded, and I was new in the business, young in the business, and I had a connection with a dude, and it was sad. It was like, you know what? It was my first opportunity to speak with a player, and he didn't, you know, uh, it was just it guy to guy. Business. Yeah. We're just, we're just chopping it And up. he was an old pro, and by that point, you know, he had been to the end of, the, of his career and, and, and brought a lot of wisdom and kind of gave me some insight into some things that were happening, kind of like when you do – you call it B-roll when you when you're in the business yes. where you get some background work. He yes. gave me a lot of great background on the NBA, and when he when right. he finally left, I felt I think a lot like Carolina did. Like, oh, you know, that was a friend. Yeah. It wasn't just a guy, and I and it's hard for a, most fans don't look at them like that. They're pieces right. of meat. They're names on a jersey. They're not human beings. And when we finally get to know the human being and they're gone, you realize that side of the business sucks. Yes. Because well, yeah, you tweeted out yesterday, Carolina, that you know Thaddeus knew it was going to happen. 
He's out on a practice right. court just waiting. As soon, you know, when you're waiting for that phone call, and every time the call, the the phone rings, you're like, oh. so you know, Thaddeus. Every time he's at practice, he's a coach walk in. You're like, oh, you got me. So yeah, it was yeah. a miserable day for some of those guys. And Derek White, that was a crappy day he went through yesterday. And and that's what I wanted to talk to you guys about because the emotional aspect. Because some people they don't feel that side, and they feel like that part is very important. I've been looking at all the trade news. There's so many articles about you know, the picks and what everybody got. And that's also really, really important. But these are also human beings at the end of the day. And I've talked to several people who are very closely related to this situation in the Spurs locker room just to try to get their initial thoughts on it. And for the Thaddeus Young situation, the the consensus that I got from the people that I spoke with is they knew it was going to happen. He had heard about the rumors. Uh, he When he came to San Antonio, he expected to get more minutes. But essentially what happened was he had talked to Spurs upper management. And then after he spoke with them, Coach Popovich was coaching for Team USA, so he never had a conversation with Coach Pop. And then after Coach Pop arrived back from Team USA, he you know had that situation. But with Derek White, the consensus that I get with Derek White is that they're shocked and they're hurt right now. That's what I uh, the players are feeling right now. For, as far as Derek goes, as far as Derek, as far as Derek's trade oh, okay. is concerned, yeah. well, yeah, so they they've, they've gone through a lot yeah. together. Yeah, I mean they they right, grew up right. together. They came in the league together, mm-hmm. so they they bust their chops together. They played in the playoffs, a seven game series together. So that is absolutely right. But we all, and Pop even said earlier this week, he says I can focus better once trade deadlines over. He, yes, he he hates having mm-hmm. to trade guys. So there's a, yeah. a the story that goes back to Avery Johnson. Oh, when he gosh. knew that he was going to have to cut oh, Avery, and he called Avery's wife ahead of time, says, "You know, Avery's going to have a bad night. I want you to fly out here." So I have a feeling that Pop had prepared Derek long before. It wasn't a shock. Maybe that's why he said that, Rob. Because it, it, Pop knows it's yeah. a business like this, and it, it, it does suck. But it is also the business that they chose. I mean, it, it is, does it come is. with right. the paycheck. So right, while we right. feel bad about the upheaval, it's awfully easy to move <laughs> exactly. when you got seventy million in the bank. <laughs> exactly. So I don't yeah. feel bad for him in the personal upheaval, but don't feel bad for him. And the, and the professional side of business. Run, agree, right. Right. Yeah. And, and the thing is, too, also, they freed up cap space. I mean, they needed to get, they got they $20 did. million dollars in cap space. They needed to focus on the rebuild. You can't uh, cut Thaddeus Young, not give a minute, say you're focusing on the rebuild. And then you have uh, Derek White, DeJounte Murray, and Yaka Pertle. They can't go, get over .500 as their top three players. Somebody's going to have to get cut. And, unfortunately, that was uh, Derek White in the situation. Uh, one last thing here that I do think we need to pay attention to as the season goes. Uh, we're going to bring it in. I don't know what's going to happen with Dragic. We might buy him out. He might stay. I, I don't think know. He's gone. I think he's going to be gone. Yeah, I don't know yeah. about Josh Richardson. He might. I have a feeling he'll finish out the season with us. But they might turn around, do something. I don't know what's going to happen. But I do know this: that with the absence of Derek White, Lonnie Walker, this is it for you, bro. You got three months mm-hmm. to be a spur. The, the position is open for you. I have a feeling he's going to start now, at least on, on a more regular basis. Agree. And if it's in you, now's the time to show it. If you want to be a spur and you want to get paid, very few players get an opportunity like he has been afforded because he knows two things. One, he's got an opportunity to go play. And two, Josh Primo is behind him coming to take his spot. And Orbison. Mm-hmm. So, or Vassell. Or Vassell. Both. So you are an open competition. Mm-hmm. And as a player – 
All you can ask is the opportunity. And Pop gave him that chance. Amen. Derek White's gone. Now go earn it, young man. I hope that's the attitude for Lonnie because we're going to have to start focusing on individual goals because team goals are draft picks, and that doesn't happen until June. So we're going to have to find individual growth that helps the Spurs as an organization move forward. Kind of like what we do here at San Antonio Sports Star. That's what Carolina Teague is here for, individual growth and helping the team move forward. Who is going to play tonight? Who do, who do you, what kind of lineup are we going to roll up tonight? They only well, traded no, Derek White. I know, but, I mean, White's gone. Uh, we, is McBucket's going to start now? Are we going to see Lonnie? I think Dougie stays in the lineup. Is Vassell going to move down to where he should be? to think like I was thinking about who was going to be ended up starting because with Derek White on that opens about 31 minutes per game and the way that the San Antonio Spurs were stacking Derek White and DeJounte Murray is they'd have him start at the beginning and then they'd stack up throughout the rest mm-hmm. of the game Derek White and uh, DeJounte Murray now that he's gone I think Devin Vassell is going to take that spot where he's doing the stacking so. and, and then they need a true guard and I think that could possibly be Josh Primo so I'm that would be my pick if I could pick a starting lineup for them now that Derek White's gone, but who's to say? I mean, it's it's, it's pop. <laughs> and also, that this may be why they brought Primo on the road trip because they knew they were going to move on from Derek. Mm-hmm. Good stuff, absolutely. At uh, the guard position. So yeah. you know, by by attrition, we're going to have to see more Primo, and we're going to have to see more more Lonnie. So I think that's good for everybody involved, unless those are that are still on that. If we get to the 10 seed to play in game, and you never know what could happen after that, I think we've even eliminated that as a possibility for the end of the few, of the season. Absolutely. Yeah. Carolina, thanks Absolutely. for the uh, for, for the insight. Thank you, CT. Yeah. Good stuff today. Carolina thanks, Teague, guys. our Spurs insider. Spurs begin the new chapter tonight. The rodeo road trip continues. The all-star break around the corner, and the Spurs are telling us what the plan is for the future. Four number one draft picks in the next two years. Wow. We, yeah, we, we've got Mel Renfro on the way. Good stuff, CT. Uh, we talked with Mel thank yesterday. You. Hall of Famer. Goodbye. Thanks, Carolina. A Hall of Fame Dallas Cowboy type with regal swag. Mel Renfro, former Dallas Cowboy, NFL Hall of Famer, and all-around gentleman coming next. Old Cowboy fans, hang on tight. You're on R&R in the morning, and this, you lucky devils, is San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. This is Jason Minnick. You're listening to San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN 1250 and 103.3 FM. It's R&R in the morning. We are glad that you are back with us. We promised him to you. <laughs> Hall of Famer, a Dallas Cowboy. His name is Mel Renfro, and he's sitting right with us. He's Rudy J. I'm Rob Thompson. We are coming to you live from Radio Row. We are brought to you, as always, by AA Best Bell Binds and the best pork rind you could ever have. That's Southern Recipe Small Batch Pork Rinds. We're also joined by Mark Singleton, he of that company of Rudolph Foods. We're glad you guys are here on Radio Row. Thank you so much for stopping by. And, Rudy, we're looking at a gold jacket. I know. You know what? I'm, I'm All kidding aside, this is my first one in person. I've never seen one in person. I've seen them on TV. But I've never seen one in person, so they look good. Thank you. Feel good. I don't. I bet you look good, you feel good, feel good, play good, That's whatever right. it is. Mel Renfro sitting down <laughs> with me. I, I, I'm sure as I sit and speak with you, I, I, I'm seeing a, a TV. I'm sitting in my grandparents' house, and I'm watching you play. When I see number 20, I think of you. So uh, forgive me if my Dallas Cowboy upraising 
kind of gets in the way of this interview because I, I'm truly honored for, to have Thank you here. You. Thank you. Uh, as you sit with us today and we get ready for a Super Bowl and you watch where the league has gone and the things that it has done, you were part of the original big-time franchise. You were part of what was becoming the Dallas Cowboys. When you see what they have become and what this league has become, are you amazed? Are you concerned? What do you think the state of the league is for you today? Well, uh, all of the above, mm-hmm. you know, because I've seen it uh, grow. I've seen it have its uh, ups and downs, its bumps. Uh, it's, it's a great game. Uh, you know, the Cowboys have come a long way since my beginning, and, uh, I was there when we started to play well and to win and to get into playoffs and fortunate enough to be in uh, eight NFC championship games. Wow. That's one game away from the Super Bowl. And uh, a great coach, great teammates. Uh, and wow, you know, it's just uh, good to be here and, and watch this because, uh, you know, I started out back uh, doing this. A long time ago. Well, to get to this point, um, it's just good to reflect back and say, wow, all the memories. Mel Renfro joining us here on San Antonio Sports Star. Um, how, are, how are you enjoying this experience? Is this... Look, it's a little. First of all, it's a little cold in here for me. Yeah, I was asking someone earlier about who's got the blankets. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, wow. But are you enjoying this experience this week? Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, this is probably. The biggest I've ever seen it, you know, since I've been coming to the Super Bowls. Even when I was a player, because uh, we never got involved in these this side of, of it. Uh, but uh, no, it's uh, it's fantastic. It's just just a, something to to that's priceless, and you just remember it for the rest of your life. As far as I, I always wonder with pro athletes, do you do you remember the big wins more, or the you just brought up you're an eight NFC championship? Do the wins resonate with you more or those tough losses that you feel like one two play away do those sit with you more yeah both of them do both? you know okay. you remember uh the, the the losses and the the bad things you know with a heavy heart but then you cherish and savor the the wins and, and the big games so it's just all a part of the experience of uh you know being a, a, a player and uh being able to to, to experience all these different games and all the different playoffs and all the different wins. Right. There are a lot of guys that uh, never play in any of these type games. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Me it's being just one wonderful of, yeah. to, and I've been in many, so I'm just appreciative of that. Absolutely. The memories I think are so so important, both good and bad, so you get the flavor right. of your, your, your career. You know, we had Warren Moose sit down with us a little while ago. And he was a bit of a contemporary of yours, right about in the same age as you were finishing, he was getting going. Um, when you look back at the quarterbacks from then and you look at the quarterbacks today as we look at a young Joe Burrow, he looks a lot like, well, a lot of people are calling him Joe Namath. He has that kind of flair to him. When you look at those quarterbacks and what you played against, what do you see the difference? What made those quarterbacks modern? Or are they the same guy, just a different scheme at a different time? Well, I think it's their athletic ability. You know, there were there were some guys that were good quarterbacks, but they couldn't move around. Right. They're great pure passers, you know, the Sonny Jurgensons and uh, those type guys, uh, but they, you know they, they couldn't run, and uh, they weren't. They couldn't do what these guys do nowadays, because it's just remarkable. Uh, not only the physicality, but the intelligence of uh, combing the field and seeing where the open receiver is. You know, they say they go this receiver, that that. Wow, that's amazing. And uh, these guys are, especially these quarterbacks, that in the Super Bowl this year. Especially the Cincinnati guy. He can play. 
He's scary, you know. He has that, <laughs> you know, what do you call it? He's just got something that's special. It's, it's that it. It's that yeah. it factor, Mr. Yeah. Renfro. You can't put Absolutely. your finger on. He is Mel Renfro. This is a quote. My whole game was beating the man in front of me. It was a matter of setting the opponent as well as you can and knowing the tendencies. You had to have the speed, agility, and quickness to get the job done. And obviously you did. Hall of Fame inductee. Elected to the College Football Hall of Fame in 86. The Pro Football Hall of Fame in 1996. He did all of this at six foot, 190 pounds, and he played 174 games. The, it is hard to comprehend how good you had it, how good you were at the size that you were. I mean, you were always the littlest dog in the fight. Tell us how. Tell us what that the mentality that it took to be that great cornerback to get you in the cornerback into the Hall of Fame, playing against these these animals, these beasts that were big. It's mental toughness. Right. You know, it's the ability to to sit out there on that corner, just you and him, and don't worry, because you got it covered. I would tell my free safety, go help somebody else. <laughs> I would. I tell Cliff Harris, I love I said, it. Don't get in my way. I Let love me, it because he got in my way several times. It made me look bad. You so I tell him, you know, you go over there and help Charlie or help the other guys, and but you know that you have the ability to run backwards, right. sometimes as fast as guys could run forward. Uh, I used to kid Drew Pearson all the time, and he became a good receiver because he worked his stuff on me because he could never take me out of my backpedal. So um, that's, right. that's what you got to have. You got to have speed, agility, and you got to have you got to study the game and know the game and know the tendencies of the guys you're playing against. That's you know the the moxie and the swag that DBs have. Like it, it's just something. And you talked about the it with Joe, but I think you have to have that, and you got to have amnesia at your position. Like because every now and then you're gonna get beat, but you got to forget about it. But y'all just have a different DBs. Y'all are just y'all just have a different mentality than everybody else on I, the field. I watch some old films every now and then, and me getting beat on something. And I say I don't remember that. <laughs> I don't remember that. See, you got to have everything. Yeah, you got to let it go. You got to have makes you great. Right. You know, we talked about the era that you played in. And, you know, your career was done in back in 1977, and you achieved everything. As you raise your hands, I see your rings. And I think about the greatness that you brought to the game, but the game didn't bring you greatness when you left. You know, what? when you left, the NFL wasn't equipped to take care of those athletes that were going on and finishing the rest of their life. They had a lot of living to do, but they took with them the pain and everything that they carried with them. You're sitting here with uh, Mark Singleton with uh, Southern Recipe Small Batch Pork Rinds. Sunday, for those of you very, very aware, it's Pork Rind Appreciation Day. We're going to eat a lot of pigskins <laughs> on right. Sunday. But the pigskins serve a purpose. It's the Gridiron Assistance Funds for folks like y'all. Yeah. And, Mark, I want you to talk about why we have to do this and what we're doing to help our, our greats that played football that showed us and brought us to the era we're in now. Thank you, Rob. Uh, there we go. Trying to get... Thank you, Rob. Uh, as you know, uh, about 13 years ago, we, we were lucky enough to meet up with Coach Ditka. And, and at the time, I had no idea. I thought they all returned so did Ridge. I. I thought they... I mean, how, how could you believe that they don't have the basic insurance... Mm -hmm. uh, coverage how could you believe that no pension whatsoever and so when i heard this story i said well that's just crazy um how can we help and, and coach dicka and shannon at, at the time karen now uh really teamed up with us to to get the word out and 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 really um use our uh soapbox 
to try and educate people about how they can help. Like right now, everybody listening in San Antonio, everybody mm -hmm. listening in Texas should go to www.gurdarengreats.org and then find out this great story. Find out how we're helping the, the, these men that were real heroes to me. I mean, you uh, absolutely. I grew up no. uh, idolizing Mel. Absolutely. And, 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 and to, to, to be able to help in a small way has just been such an experience for us and for all of our, our people across the country that work with us. They are so proud uh, to help. And these guys have come into our plants. They've met them. You know, most people never get to meet a Mel Rempo, never <laughs> no. get to meet a Kenny Houston. My and, first yellow jacket. Yeah, it's so first, cool. It's so, yeah, it's and, super cool. And then Coach does so much to help, paying for surgeries, paying for medicine, paying for trips to the doctor. Uh, all things that most of us take for granted that, that, that we at Southern Recipe and at ESPN Sports, thank you guys, Absolutely. can get the word out and help these guys. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a solution guy, so I won't dwell on it too much, but it shouldn't come to that. It shouldn't have come to that, especially when we see, you see what the NFL is putting on. It, I thank you. And I'm sure the rest of the guys thank you, but in all honesty, and we don't have to dwell on it, it shouldn't even have to come to this. Well, Sunday, nothing goes better than pigs with pigskins than pigskin. It is the big game. <laughs> Go get your Southern Recipe small bag sports rinds. One lucky fan's going to leave with a chance for $5,000 wow. with the autograph. Merchandise, pork rinds, more for playing the great pigskin spin sweepstakes. I'm going to say that again. <laughs> the great pigskin spin sweepstakes. This is where you need to go. Pork rind appreciation day, because that's what Sunday is. Mark Singleton. Mel Renfro, thank you so much. We are honored for you to spend time with us. San Antonio thanks you as well. It's been an honor speaking with you. Hey, you're certainly welcome. Glad to be here. The great Mel Renfro. Regal swag, as we call it. Spurs been busy. NBA's, I like that. The NBA's been active. The Super Bowl around the corner. we got so much to do and so little time to do it. The uh, Where are we going, Carl? What do you want to do here? We're going to go to break and come back? Yeah, 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 we gotta get out. We gotta get out of here. Uh, Rob Thompson, Rudy J. Uh, R and R in the morning. Uh, live from Los Angeles. Powered by AA Best Bail Bonds, Nearside App, Texas Cheer Liquor, and uh, Southern Recipe Small Batch Pork Rinds. Good morning. Good morning to you. Good morning, good morning. You know the uh our big game coverage brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds, Nearside App, Texas Cheer Liquor, and Southern Recipe Small Batch Pork Rinds continues. The uh, L.A. Convention Center has finally figured it out for us media types. The, the coffee has been available earlier every day since we got here because Monday there was none. Yeah. Tuesday we got our own. Wednesday there was a little, but it was a little bit later. Yesterday they started getting early. And today, shoot, we had coffee at 645 our time. Right. 909 in the Blessed AM in San Antonio. It's a Friday edition of R&R. You made it. We have made it to the big game weekend Super Bowl on Sunday, a little after 5. But the news today around San Antonio, around the 210, is the San Antonio Spurs activities yesterday over the last three days. A transitional time, I think. Yeah, and, uh, you know, after speaking with Carolina, you know, that's the thing that we didn't talk about is, and it matters. Okay, let's be clear about something. It matters when you trade certain people. And I don't know how Keldon's going to feel about this when it's time for him to stay, when it's time for him to resign if we want him. I don't know how DeJounte feels about this. Again, it matters when you trade certain people. Ask, I mean, I'm not saying anybody in that locker room is like Aaron Rodgers, but when they decided to let Jordy Nelson go, 
ticked off. They decided to get rid of his QB coach. Ticked off. So the thing that we didn't talk about in the first hour, Rob, is how is this going over with the fellas? And are they upset with Brian? And are they upset with Pop? And, yes, they all, everybody knows it's a business. But, but there's certain guys when you trade, it, it can affect the dynamic in the locker room. No question. Um, the fact that it was done. I don't know if Derek was popular with Derek. Pop, I don't, I'm sure see, I didn't have the connection with those guys. I don't. What's up, B? How you doing? I don't know what type. How was he a leader? Was everybody looking to him? Like I don't know. I think he was not the leader of. I think this is Dejounte's team. team sure. But I do think Derek played a role. Uh, if it wasn't vocal, it was certainly by his actions. You don't do what you do defensively without having guys behind you. I mean, to take a charge from a six eight two forty guy and taking two dribbles at the rim, that takes some sack, and right. uh, you get respect from your teammates when you do that kind of stuff. So he meant a lot to this team. And yeah, when you got when they get to work today, and don't forget, it is work when they show up for work today out of their hotel room, and they roll into practice, and they look around, and Derek's not there, it's going to be weird. It's going to be very strange. You're not going to have Drew Eubanks there either. Thaddeus, we barely know you, but I know those two yeah. guys. <laughs> those two guys played a role in this team. They were buds on the road. They they you know, they did all that stuff for in the bubble. These guys are, these are war buddies. They spent a lot of time in the foxhole. So I think that it is an adequate and appropriate concern. These guys probably a little hurt today. He was yeah. the second longest tenured spur. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? You know In this so, day and age, again, it, it matters. So, and I'm not again. I'm not saying that anybody's going to be. Mad, I mean, upset with Pop and Brian, and you know, in a, in, a, in a few weeks, yeah, maybe out when things settle down and it kind of settles in, and the media talks to him. The the cliche answer is going to be for a couple. Well, it is a business. Well, it is a business, and I'm sure Pop went and talked to those guys mm-hmm. and told them, "Hey, it's a business. I have to make." He traded George Hill. He told he told us George Hill was like his son. He traded Sean Elliott. <laughs> mean so it's not like he pop is new to this but sometimes like nobody gives a damn james harden got traded yeah he he's wanted a out he's a mercenary yeah nobody gives a damn ben simmons some guys you get traded you're like thank god i hated that guy but a guy like Derek, it feels like this could linger for a bit so this is where we sit after all is said and done after the trade deadline the spurs sit with this this is where i see the projected starters as we are today got to figure Keldon stays Dejounte, uh yakup Pertle. those are the three guarantees no shifts there I think McDermott finds his way back into the starting lineup. Devin Vassell goes into that six-man role. Absolutely. And and uh, or Devin and Doug McDermott maybe together. We'll see what the matchups look like. I think if, I I'd go Vassell, but then again I like Vassell off the bench too. So I can't. I'm torn and because then, I love his energy off the bench. And maybe Lonnie Walker plays into that as well. Yeah, Lonnie, some Lonnie's going to be a factor. But given way. that, you look at your backups, Josh Primo. Long termer, he'll be here a bit. Trey Jones got some time to prove it. This is his opportunity, just like Lonnie. You're going to get a lot more minutes. It's time to prove it. Uh, Josh Richardson, I suppose we're going to see a fair amount of him. He's a seasoned vet. He's going to bring something to the table, and he will well help win basketball games. So I'd be surprised if he was gone, but not overly. And then uh, finally, Zach Collins as he rounds into form, and the rest of the roster as we sit for the rest of the season. Keita Bates Diop, brand new Romeo Langford, Jock Landale, brand new Thomas Sadaransky. Uh, Joey's camp and Devontae Kaycock continue on their two-way deal. So this is the Spurs team as we move on. Now, technically, Goran Dragic is a Spur as we sit today, though I do expect to be him to be freed, released. They're emailing each other back right now. Ten million. Seven. Eight. Seven and a half. That's all that's going on yes. with Goran Dragic. Whatever right it takes, because I'm not flying down there. <laughs> yeah. You know, the crazy thing is, you know, Pop drafted him. Yeah. The Spurs drafted him about in 09, I guess yeah. it was. Oh, wait, we traded him for Malik Harston. 
and then he came down here and swept us and dropped 26 well, points on us in the fourth quarter. You remember that? Well, we, I remember we moved Dragic, and we also drafted Leandro Barbosa, who came back to bite us in the ass yeah. once or twice as well. Yeah. So that's the team as the Spurs sit. Now, the future, all the other stuff, the poker chips that came along with the players, they secured a 2022 top 14 protected pick from Toronto. They secured a top four protected pick from Boston. They have a second-round pick from Utah in 2027, and in 2028 they have a second-round pick from Denver that we will never see. They'll be part of another deal. But the 2028 deal is intriguing. In five years, the first-round pick swap with Boston. So Did you say you're, 28, Rob? Tw- that's not that far away, dude. <laughs> six I years, know. It yeah. sucks. It's six years <laughs> to think that. I got you. But, I, I know. But it'll be here before you know but it. But it'll be here before you know it. And when you look at you're probably working on a five-year plan anyway. Right. So they have a little bit in the, in, in reserve. They got a little bank account, a little bit of a, a savings bond that will mature in five years that if things are going great, you can pull a Pau Gasol deal. You can go get something to really put you over the top. Or if things are going awful, you got something in the back of your pocket to play with. So some total of what Brian Wright did from a place that was dark, quiet, is unlike any trade deadline the Spurs have ever had. And for that alone, I'm happy. Whether it's good, bad, whether it works out great, at least they got in the game. At least they stepped in and swung at that first pitch instead of watching three go by. And that's enough for me. I don't have a problem with it. But as you said beforehand, now you got to prove it. We've been told you're a great front office. We've been told that R.C. Buford, and we have seen that these guys can see talent cultivate it, grow it, and turn it into a title, well, guess what? Now you get to do it, the prove-it stage. I wonder if all those that were involved in these decisions will be here to see it through fruition. From pop to right. I don't know. You know, R.C.'s not even really in the building, though his presence is still there. You can't be R.C. Buford. So I hope that all that were involved in the decision-making get to see it flower because uh, I, I did not expect this. I don't think any other Spur fan did. I want to shout out Tom Petrini real quick for doing this prep work for us. But yeah. the Spurs turned DeMar DeRozan, Derek White, Bryn Forbes, Drew Eubanks, and the 2022 Detroit second-round pick they got in the Russell Westbrook trade where they only gave up Nikola Militinov to Josh Richardson, who still has one more year on his contract as a rotation 3 and D player, Romeo mm-hmm. Langford, who was a first-round pick three years ago, Tomas Sadoransky, probably just to preserve cap space, mm-hmm. but then the draft capital from those guys that were obviously not part of the long-term plans, the Toronto 2022 first-round pick, the Boston 2022 first-round pick, the Bulls 2025 first-round pick, the right to swap the 2028 Boston first-round pick, the Bulls second-round pick in 2022 and in 2025, the 2027 Utah second-round pick, and the 2028 Nets Nuggets second-round pick. We saw what what Oklahoma did. They have, they have done to a greater extent what the Spurs have done, but they haven't put it down yet. Well, I they mean, had they Paul George and Russell Westbrook in their yeah, prime. But what I'm saying is they have accumulated a vast trove of picks, not talent, mm-hmm. the potential for talent, and they haven't seen the benefit of that. They still suck. <laughs> I mean, they do. I mean, all they've had to show for the last three years of all these picks and the moving of stars is. Shea Gilgis Alexander and Josh Giddy. That's just about all they've pulled out of this so far. So oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. process takes a bit longer for others, and I don't think Spur fan is ready for that kind of long drawn turnout. So I expect a lot of this draft capital that sits there will be flipped and turned to a living, breathing human being. 
quicker than waiting for the pick. It's good to have it. You know, oh, you got, man, it's perfect. You got the cap space and you got all your ingredients. You know, now it's time to, you know, I can you I can have my mother send me her recipe, right? But it's still, I, 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 do I have the the tools to make it taste like mom's? I don't know. Like, you can still, so, so he has all the ingredients. Now it's just time to put it all together. And I and I have no reason to believe that he won't. I don't think I think Brian Wright's been serviceable, you know. I, I don't and that and most GMs are only going to be as successful as their star player, because then you know how you know what direction to go. I don't think we know what direction to go because I don't know because normally you need someone to build around, mm-hmm. and we don't. While it, it may be Dejounte, it's tough to build around the point guard. Um. But once you get that person that you like, okay, this is the guy that I'm going to build around, then you can start to formulate what it is you want to do. But I'm going to give Brian and, and Pop and whoever else helps out. There's always some people behind the scenes that you don't know. I'm going to give them all the uh, benefit of the doubt. Now, around the rest of the league, uh, it appears that the Lakers tried to move Westbrook that looked like there was a deal in place for John Wall, which would have been an interesting. Can you imagine a day where the Rockets saw Daryl Morey go get James Harden and – they make a deal to send John Wall to, to L.A. and bring in Russell Westbrook, who was there just a bit ago and is, who would be imminent to depart. Um, that did not happen. So the Lakers stand pat. I Listening to Chris Haynes on uh, Instagram yesterday, it was a, a first-round pick that held it up. I can't remember if Houston wanted one or the Lakers wanted one, but it was a first-round pick that held up Wall for Westbrook. So Lakers, here you sit. I think when we look back on the trade deadline, it will be all about the Harden-Simmons deal. That's that's it. That when we look back on 2022, the trade deadline, the most effect will be that deal. Well, the thing is that that's creeping out there now, Rob, this morning is, according to some places, Ben is still going to be working on his mental health. That's and again, that could change by tonight. That could be him covering him, not covering himself. That could be him being like, "Hey, you know what? I was really going through something. Uh-huh. I don't want y'all to think because it, it would look weird. Like if you plays tomorrow, it's like, dude, I thought you said you were going through something mentally. So that could be that. But right now, word out there is he's still going to continue to work on. Um, he's going to be with his therapist to get mentally ready to play in Brooklyn. So. Man, maybe I don't know how to read that. Maybe we don't see him for a couple games. For a couple games, but you do. We do expect him this year, right? Yes. yes. I yeah. can't imagine yes. that this deal was made and, and then Ben backs out but of this like, one too. But like, because I mean, Barkley did it last night when they were doing the draft with Kevin Durant and LeBron. They were drafting their teams, and uh, they were talking about Harden. Barkley's like, "Trust me, he ain't hurt no more." You know, because that's had how been, I feel. He had been hurt. So if they were the Nets were to play tonight. And Ben goes and plays. Everybody's like, dude, wait a minute. You said. But we all know. We thought James Harden was fat. You said you were going through something mentally. So, I don't know. I'm just telling you that's what's floating out there right now. He's going to continue to be with the therapist to work on his mental, to get ready to play in Brooklyn. Did you see Joel Embiid? What happened? Well, the way his goodbye to Simmons. No. There was a a rather uh, aggressive tweet. I think that there is a huge exhale. At the 76ers yeah. locker room. Well, this is what I will say, man. I don't know if Harden's game translate with a big that needs the ball. He played with Dwight Howard. And Dwight didn't really. Dwight, 
he couldn't do the things Embiid did. Like Dwight, you had to get him the ball in the block. It had mm-hmm. to be a lob or dunk. I want to see how this works, and that and 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 that's and that's not on Harden. Like I think it's going to be on Embiid too. Like I don't know how either of them, because again, Embiid is used to playing along by side Ben Simmons. Who doesn't want to shoot? So, you know what I mean. So I want to see how these two. I want to see how these two match. I completely agree. Yeah, in, in a previous life, Rudy, I used to MC EA sports events, mm-hmm. and I would go and MC the NBA NBA Live tournaments. We'd take a bus around the country and we'd mm-hmm. do that. The very first time I did one was the NBA Live 08. It had Yao Ming on the cover, and I found out what NBA types know. That? that if you find a specific groove, a specific play that works, use that over and over. And what would happen oh, yeah. back in the day? They would call they would call it labbing. These these teams of NBA players would get the game and go find the glitch, right? Dig in there and find the glitch. And at that year, Tracy McGrady and Yao Ming were unstoppable. Literally, if you got Yao Ming the ball in the paint by the NBA Live algorithms, you were going to score. So when you'd see these NBA tournaments, it would be Yao Ming and White with Tracy McGrady against the with the Houston Rockets against the Houston Rockets in red, and they would be playing each other. Right. But what I'm getting at is I cannot imagine a more threatening and a more viable combination in the NBA than James Harden and Joel Embiid on a high pick and roll. That seems to be a cheat code, a glitch. I don't know how you don't score every time you are down there. It could be. It it, it, it could have the feel of Wade Shaq, Kobe Shaq. I'm telling you, it feels like literally an unstoppable Kareem Abdul jump hook, you know, a sky hook. That only way it doesn't work is if he misses. You didn't stop him. Right. He stopped himself. I can't. Can you imagine a guy like Harden and his ability to dime? And he can when he wants no, to. I mean, he was averaging. Whoa. He was averaging ten assists. If I'm a beat, I'm celebrating. Now the, your threes might go down a bit. You might not get right. that much access to three, but your stats will be padded. I hope he's overly excited about this, and I hope James Harden understands his place here. You're not here to save us. You're not. You didn't right. come here as the savior superstar. You came I, here to help us. And it sucks that then the trade that you had to let Seth go because shooters thrive with James mm-hmm. because he he, re, he requires so much attention, and I'm not all too familiar fully with the entire roster of what they have left as far as shooters go. But when you play, if you can shoot the ball and you play with James Harden, you end up getting some really, really good looks. So it sucks that they had to come up off of Seth Curry. But, you know, I'm interested to see how it plays out. When we come back, we'll look back at the NFL, look closely at the game itself. We owe you that at the very least. Hey, don't forget to head over to sasportstar.com. If you can prognosticate, if you can pick the score, we got $50,000 just available to you. Pick the perfect score. It's easy to do. Go to sasportstar.com, log right in there. You get the score right. This national contest, we're giving away 50K. It's easy to do. Go to sasportstar.com as quickly as you can. Coming back, looking at the NFL. We got new Hall of Fame entrants. We got award winners, and we got a big old football game we're going to start talking about as they kick off Friday or Sunday afternoon. Hold on tight. More to talk about. You're on R&R in the morning, and this is San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. This is r r in the morning, a caffeinated edition. He's Rudy J. I'm Rob Thompson. Carl Schoenig back in the mothership driving us 
another 25 minutes or so. Been a good week here at the uh, convention center. LA Live is popping on the other side. The NFL experience is going to get going again today as the fans are down in, in mass to go through the NFL experience. It's cool. It's free to come out there, run around, see some really great graphics. They, they, they really bring what is essentially an NFL museum. And right. set it up in uh, the convention center. You can walk through and look at the history of the league, the uniforms, the stories of the different teams, the stories of the Super Bowl. It's really fantastic. Uh, only difference thing this year, of course, with COVID, is we're kind of accustomed to having the fans in here with us. Mm. And they come in. They, they've got. They actually have the space to do it. I guess at the last minute, it was nah, probably it's too much. Yeah. For because they're they're, they're so careful about uh, even though they're not testing the NFL has been very careful with the uh, you can the still take proper precautions yes right. so no fans but it's been a great week uh, the Blitz has got a stacked stacked week uh, show for you today that is led of course by Emmett Smith Cooper Rush will be with him uh, Sam Ocho will will come and stop by Eric Kramer former NFL quarterback is going to be sitting down with him oh, yeah. Khalil Herbert. Bears running back is on the the docket, and on a day like this, I want to make sure this is appointment listening at 4 o'clock because you never know who's going to stop by, but I can know for sure you're going to hear Emmett right off the top of the bat. Hope he brings his tequila today. Uh, I know his the, the the lady who handles him was saying that yeah, she was going to have know. to. She didn't know she had to see. Well, she was going to have to figure out a way to get it in the building. Oh. That was the concern. Dude, you would say I'm Emmett Smith, and I'm bringing a bottle. Of I would like to, to think that's what I wanted to say. I don't think they're going to give you too much of a hassle, but you know. When but you're, trust me, not everybody that's working knows Emmett Smith. No, that is indeed the case. <laughs> I don't even know what we're doing here today. At from noon to two, uh, we are going to be uh, out at uh, broadcasting live from Twin Peaks out at Days of All. Mm, nice. Carl can be out on the road today. Jack Thompson's going to be out on the road today. Oh, you got Jack out? Jack ain't working today? Uh, well, well one, working elsewhere. Yeah, working elsewhere. So who's going to win this thing? The Super Bowl? Yeah. I know you've been steady on the Rams all week long. I don't think you've slowed down. But is there, from what we've been told by enough people, I, I do think that the majority of the, the knowledgeable types, the ones that are inside these velvet robes, are looking at the Rams. But enough have that we've spoken with over the last four days to convince me that something I did not believe, that Burrow and that offense can overcome that offensive line and win the game. And I'm going to stick with it. I like the Bengals. Not only to cover, to win. You sure? Because at the beginning of the week, at the beginning of the week, you was on the ramp. So as the week, I knew as the week went along, and we got different info and talked to different people and listened to different things. Or we would go back and forth. So final answer: You going Bengals? I am. I'm going Bengals because of the insight that the players and former players talk about the team and what is required to win this Super Bowl. I think the Bengals actually have everything they need to win it. I'm I'm gonna go with the Rams, and I'm gonna go with the Rams because at the end of the day, I feel like defense wins championships, and I feel like they have the better defense. Excuse me, when it's all said and done, so I'm gonna stick with it at the beginning. Look, there's been some great points for the Bengals, you know, great, great, great points. And Zach is from the McVay tree, but at the end of the day, I think Leonard Floyd, Aaron Donald, and Von Miller are just gonna be just too much. And I don't think Burrow will ever be overwhelmed because he's just super cool. He has ice water in his veins. 
but I do think they're going to make it super difficult on him. And you have Jalen Ramsey um, in your secondary. So the Bengals. I'm gonna will... go with. I'm gonna go with. I think Stafford's going to make some mistakes, and he's going to give Burrow a few extra possessions. That's what Stafford does. But I think his defense will save him, and he does have Cooper Cup. You know, there's Jamar Chase, there's Wiggins, there's Boyd, but Cooper Cup was the offensive player of the year for a reason. I'm going to go with the Rams. If the Rams lose, it will be because of what? Turnovers. Turnovers. It would be turnovers. If the Bengals win, it'd be, what would they do? They kept Joe Burrow upright. Does he have to throw touchdowns to Jamar and the rest, or can they No. Can they move the ball on the – Yeah, they, I mean, they, he, you're not going to keep him out of the end zone. It's just, can you keep him upright? So I think if they win, that means they did a hell of a job protecting him and that Joe Mixon had a good game. The uh, the score. Is this going to be a score fest? Or do you think that the defense is going to limit Cincinnati so maybe the Rams don't have to do as much? I think the winner will have 27. Which I think in the Super Bowl lore is kind of low. But um, that's still quite a bit of points. I think like 27, 21, 27, 24. So I think I mean every, the playoffs have all come down to field goals. Mm-hmm. So I think the Rams win by field goal. Now the Bengals may cover that four, that four and a half, but I think the Rams ultimately hang on to win. I don't think it's going to be thirty-seven, thirty-four. I don't think it's going to be high scoring like that. No, It'll be twenty-seven, twenty-four, twenty-one, eighteen, somewhere along those lines. MVP of the game, Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup would t- would round out the year. Halftime. Going to be one of those that we uh, talk about for a bit, or is it just there's a lot of performers going to go on? I have a feeling that we're going to be wishing we saw more of one of them and less of another. Well, that's going to the thing about this halftime, and I would hope both coaches are preparing their teams for this because the names are so big. This was going to run a little bit longer. This isn't going to be your normal halftime, and that, and depending on who has the momentum going into halftime. You you're gonna be sitting on that momentum because Dre they're gonna give Dre their time they're gonna give him his time they're gonna give Snoop his time they'll give Mary their time they didn't sign up for this to come on and sing one note so McVeigh and Taylor are gonna have to know that this could be a twenty twenty five minute halftime I I I think if it's that long. It's going to be at least 20. It's going to be really difficult for a team like Cincinnati to get into the locker room, get off that adrenaline of being here and doing that, and then trying to juice it back up and go back out there. It's going to be a long one. Against a team who not only is more veteran, their stars are more veteran, and their stars have all but one been here. Yeah. I mean, you've got Vaughn's been in his nose. Vaughn has a Super Bowl MVP. Yeah, so Vaughn knows. He right. knows what it's like to go through these kind of half times. Uh, while Donald doesn't necessarily know, he's the best player in the world at any position. Yeah. So I, I think he's going to be fine. So if you look at it, what the the uh, the Bengals have to do, I, I wonder how you practice the prep for going into halftime that is twice as long as, as you're accustomed to and then getting back. Do you think I would? I'd run a practice where I stopped practice halfway through. We all went and sat in the locker room for 30 minutes or however long that you know the Super Bowl clock is and see if I can get back out there and be crisp because it's hard to juice things back up, especially when you're running on adrenaline like you know every one of these young cats are going to be to start the game. Yeah, no, that stage, everything's too big. You're just going to have to do jumping jacks in the locker room. Ain't going to be nowhere to warm up. 
And I know this is silly to even bring up, and we kind of giggled at it yesterday as we were discussing the game on Sunday amongst us, is heat might actually play a role in this. It's hot in L.A. It's been mid-80s. Now, it's not going to be hugely hot. It's going to be 70 and so far. Oh, well. It'll be 70. you got to be careful. I'm just looking at possible problems that these teams might run into, and I think Cincinnati hadn't seen any warmth in a long time. There might be a cramp or two in there. Nah, seventy. That was nice for a five thousand dollar nosebleeds. It better be. It better, it's gonna be nice and comfy in there. It looks for all them for all them corporate with big wigs that spent money. It's gonna be nice and cool in there, just like Cali's been to us all week long, baby. We're gonna put a bow on the show. We're gonna put a bow on the week. We're gonna look forward to a full day of radio row coverage. Don't forget. Joe and Jason will have Emmett Smith today, amongst others, as we head toward the halftime, who will be live out at Twin Peaks out on Days of Allah. That's right. Carl Schoenig, Jack Thompson will be getting you ready for a fine lunch there and a good weekend of football at Twin Peaks. We'll be right back. Thanks for hanging with us. We will uh, address uh, what's happening for the rest of the day next. This is R&R in the morning, and you're on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. <laughs> This is Jason Minnick. Get home with me and Joe Reinagle this afternoon, 4 till 7. San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN 1250 and 103.3 FM. R&R in the morning, live from Radio Row in Los Angeles. Yes, your big game coverage for R&R in the... Anyway, comes to an end. Five days of absolute fun been brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds, Nearside App, Texas Cheer Liquor, and Southern Recipe Small Batch Pork Rind. Sunday, Pork Rind Appreciation Day. No full football spread is complete without Southern Recipe Small Batch. We had a chance last night, Rudy and I, to go and celebrate uh, NFL and the fo- world of football with uh, the Ditka Jaws Cigar Party, the annual rite of the Super Bowl for um, Jason Minix and I for so long, and it was the first time we actually got to take somebody that appreciates <laughs> the party for what it is, a cigar lover's paradise. So when we uh, when you go home and, you know, the game will happen, and uh, trust me, I've done this enough times, you'll be, as fast as this show went today, it's going to be Sunday night. Yeah. Game will be done. The 2022 season will be put to bed, and we're going to come to work on Monday morning ready for college basketball and the draft and everything else. We're going to turn the page. But when you look back, and I know you're still in it, what are the things you're going to remember about Radio World? I want to know what surprised you the most. Uh, what surprised me the most? Gosh. Come uh, on, Rudy. That's easy. You said you were an Eagles fan. <laughs> there was that. <laughs> Anything for an interview, man. Anything. Anything for an interview or a picture, dude. It's all about content. Um, the speed of it, you know, like, while um, it's cool to get to talk to everybody, but it's so, you know, a lot of these interviews, this isn't like your normal interviews. This is in and out, so you really got to have your questions on point because you're not going to get to sit with them like you would normally, right. uh, you normally do. So that was... Not shocking, but that was like, damn it, because who was it? I don't remember. There was a couple guys we talked to, and I was like, I didn't even get to ask this. I didn't even get to ask that. So the pace of it, um, the magnitude, just how many radio stations there really are, um, I don't know, man. It was just fun. You, you get the sense of how big the NFL is. Right. How? The, yeah. The NFL, like... The is entity it? is a monster. It's Which bigger you know than LA. Until you're like in it. When you see that one organization can literally take over a city the size of LA. Yeah, and this is a huge building. 
I think this is probably the biggest building you've been in, right? Uh, well, I mean, convention centers all look alike to me. I mean, it's just yeah. the color of the carpet. I mean, after at the end of the day, yeah. there are escalators and big rooms. It, but yeah, L.A. Convention Center is obviously huge, and you judge that against some of the other places we've been. This is far bigger than we were in in Miami. Uh, not yeah. quite. The Houston was huge. Uh, Minneapolis was a mistake because we were in a mall. That was a <laughs> that'll never happen again. Yeah. So no, the the venues all look alike to me. The setup still feels the same, but it was bigger. And you mentioned the, the the speed of the interviews, and you you balance that interviews against, just the way they get to from station to station. Like, hey, hurry up! I got to take a picture. I got to be here. I got to be there. They're really trying to keep. And then every on their now schedule. and then you get the opportunity, like we had yesterday with Warren Moon, when the interview's yeah. done and he doesn't have any place to go, and you reminisce. He Warren Moon yesterday, as we were talking about, he goes, "Hey, is Little Hips still open?" Yeah. The burger joint. The burger joint down on McCullough. Is Little Hip still there? Which, you know, kind of like Michael Irvin coming and sitting down for, you know, not long, but four or five minutes of personal conversation. And those, 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 that's what I remember about the Super Bowls. Not the interviews. I couldn't tell you who I interviewed a week from now, but I can tell you who I talked to. And those yeah. guys that had a chance to sit down and we talked to them and talked afterwards, those are the memories that I cherish. And it's, it, it, it doesn't matter the level of the star. It's the opportunity to get to know these people. And we've had a, a, a huge variety. And, and the truth be told, we had a lot of interviews today that we did not play. Yeah, we we had a lot in the can, but yesterday was too huge for the Spurs. We couldn't. We didn't want to take the opportunity to focus on what has been the biggest day in Spurs history since the lottery ball told us we were getting Tim Duncan. Yeah, uh, We talked about that. So please do us the service and go listen to some of the many interviews that are going to be floating around in the socials. The likes of a, a man named Tim Love, who's a world-renowned chef out of Fort Worth who opened up Lonesome Dove and talked about the taste of the NFL and what he brought with his Texas chef mentality to this group of world-renowned chefs. LeGarrette Blunt that we had a chance to sit down and talk with. Uh, Orlando Scandrick, former Dallas Cowboy, we sat down and talked with. Now, Orlando was Orlando, but you need to listen to that kind of stuff mm-hmm. because that gave us that background to kind of give you all that we saw. It's been an interesting prep for the week because there's been zero controversy. There's nobody in trouble, nobody mad. There's nobody really hurt. We're not. We're, there's there's not the a lot of end, vagaries other than the tight end. Yeah, and, yeah. Cincinnati doesn't have a tight end, and the Rams don't have a tight end, and they might play, they might not both play. But it right. seems like an equal loss to both, so it didn't really seem to affect the outcome of the game. And I, I appreciate that. There hasn't been a goat walking around. You know, it's been a long time since Tom Brady wasn't the topic of the conversation of the game itself, or something that just previously happened. Yeah, he has not been a topic. He got that out of the way after the conference championship weekend when he was outed and forced to retire. Right, um, which I think is a kind of a new and unique thing. No Belichick around here, so you've got young coaches yeah, that are trying to become. So there has Fresh been a blood. And, and I think that is going to be representative of what this season will was. Fresh blood, new yeah. meat. Because we all thought it was at the very minimum we would at least have either Brady or we would have Mahomes. Maybe not both, but we figured we would have one or the other. And that didn't work out. And fresh blood, new two new two new teams is always good for any league. You know, after a while, you don't you won't want to stagnate down with the same two teams. Although people lose interest, ask Alabama and Georgia. You know, people are kind of fatigued of that. So this is good, and this is you know Stafford proving that you know you need a team. <laughs> you know, I didn't suck in Detroit. I just didn't. <laughs> other than Megatron, I didn't have much. I can play a little bit. 
And 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 not only that, when you're with a team like he's with, you can make a mistake a couple. You know what I mean? Like when you make a mistake with Detroit, you're gonna lose game. I, I can tell you, I'm picking the Bengals, but I would sure like to see Aaron Donald have an Aaron Donald game. I would like to see him dominate this football game, get an MVP, and get a trophy to sanctify and to justify what we've always said about him. He's the best football player in the world, regardless of position. So if I don't get a Bengals win, I want to see Aaron Donald be Aaron Donald and get what he deserves and not be the best guy that hasn't. I want him to be the greatest that did and get himself a first ballot that DeMarcus did not get. (laughs) No, he'll get in, though. What was that, Carl? 20 seconds. Carl, I want to thank every, thank Carl Shoney Carl, for everything that Lance. the guys at home did. Fudge yeah. is the main guy. Fudge well, is the backbone of this station. Well, things don't get done without you, Carl, and certainly we thank Pledgeer, but it's a full team of all of us. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We did it all for you. Who are we kidding? We did it for ourselves as well. We're